2: All right, welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. I am your host, James McMillan, alongside with our trusted new co-host, Alan Ashcraft. Hello. Today we have a very esteemed guest, Finn McKenty from the Punk Rock MBA YouTube channel and much, much more, and we'll get to know him as we go along. But welcome to the show, Finn.
1: Thank you guys so much for having me.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, man, especially the day before Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> the work never stops, right? Nope. No holiday.
2: No, not in I this mean, industry. I don't
1: want them. I don't like holidays. I don't like time off. I get antsy just whenever it's the holiday season. It this is the most aggravating time of year for me because like people don't work as much, and I get really antsy if I'm not working.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
1: Especially the music industry from like basically today until yes. maybe January fifteenth, it's gonna be crickets. Now, why
2: morning. is that? With a bunch of fucking band people who all claim that you know they're all cynical people who don't like christmas. Why is it that those people out of all the demographics take all the time off in the world?
1: Because they're lazy.
2: <laughs> That's it. And this is why I asked Finn to be on the show. <laughs> I dude, I got to say I love your candor and the way that you you're, you're correlating entrepreneurship with with music and not just being in a band, but being in the music industry as a whole. I love that whole thing, and that's kind of like what got me going down the rabbit hole with all of your content. So, I I, uh, I would like to talk about that a bit, and kind of where that came from, and you know, maybe give a quick bio to the to the audience listening, where you come from and what your history is in music and as a dude. Well,
1: I grew up in a little town. Well, I was actually born in Bellingham, Washington, which is kind of halfway between Seattle and Vancouver, kind of up near the Canadian border. But I grew up in Snohomish, Washington, which is a suburb maybe about 20 miles north of Seattle. Um, Back in the 90s is kind of, you know, when when I when I was a young man, now I'm an old man, but I was a young man back in the 90s. Uh, And basically, I just got really hooked on, you know, punk and hardcore back then, like DIY hardcore. I discovered through if any uh, if any of you guys uh, listening to this come from a smaller background, I discovered Maximum Rock and Roll in, like, 92 or something like that. And That just kind of opened up the yes. door to the whole world of, like, DIY punk and hardcore to me, and it just became my life for a very long time. Uh, so I started out making zines. Uh, I think when I was, like, 14 or 15, I started making zines, and I did that. um like in high school, I, I was never really in a serious band or anything like that. I've always enjoyed kind of documenting things more than you know playing music. Um, I mean, right. I, I can play music and record music, but I just, I just kind of enjoy documenting stuff more. So uh, I made zines, uh, and I ended up, you know, to the to your point about entrepreneurship, you know, I started that thing when I was like fourteen. I'm not one of those people that is content to just make something for myself and nobody else ever sees it. Like to me, it's only um, I only think it's valuable if, if other people care about it. And so to me, like the creation and the marketing have always been, you know, part of the same thing since back then. So I made the zine, and I was like, Oh, wait a minute, how am I going to get anybody to like read this thing? Nobody knows I exist. So that's kind of when I got into that whole thing of like marketing. So I ended up selling a few thousand copies of those, maybe 2000 copies or something like that. By the time I was out of high school and I graduated in 96. So this was before the internet as we know it. Um, and when I think about it, um, I was like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, if you told me I had to sell 2,000 copies of a magazine now through the mail without the internet, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it when I was a kid, you know. And so to your point about entrepreneurship, uh, I guess that's kind of when I got the, the bug of, you know, wanting to make shit and sell it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I got started. And then from there, I ended up kind of being in the design and marketing world for the, you know, for my whole career, I, I worked at a design agency that did, i worked at a couple agencies, did stuff for like Nike and Nintendo and Red Bull, and then some big consumer brands, like, um, I worked with Procter and Gamble a whole bunch. So on like Febreze and Swiffer and Tide and balance all that kind of stuff did marketing for Abercrombie and Fitch uh, design and marketing. So I designed like girls t-shirts for Hollister for a while, made a few hundred of those. Then I did marketing when they were kind of really aggressively building out uh, Asia and Europe. So helped, you know, with rolling out the marketing for all those flagship stores that opened in that time. So I worked there like 2009, to 2012. Mm -hmm. After that, I worked at a company called creative live, which is uh, the world's number one online education platform for creators and entrepreneurs. I have that pitch. uh,
0: Yeah, buddy. (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, and now I work for a company called URM Academy, which is uh, an online education platform for rock and metal producers, and I'm also a partner in Get Good Drums, which is a software company with the guys from a band called Periphery that some of your listeners may know about.
2: Indeed. You're a fan of the band. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually,
3: uh, on the way uh, to the studio today, I'd seen a lot of your YouTube videos, but I wanted to kind of keep doing my my research. So, you know, we didn't get on this and then just my dick is in my hand and you're, you know, having a bad time. So I was like, let's learn about this guy a little bit. And so I was like, I wonder if he has an actual podcast. I'm aware of the YouTube thing, but, uh, so I just, uh, I searched, uh, punk rock, uh, uh, MBA in my, uh, Apple, uh, podcast app. And this thing pops up, it just says chocolate croissant. And I'm oh, like, yeah, right. does he have something to do with, like, a baking app? Like, <laughs> is he also, like, a baller baker on top of everything else he does? And then I saw uh, Matt Halpern in there, and I was like, oh, okay, it's starting to make more sense. So I listened to that, and that was that was awesome. I honestly wasn't even uh, aware of that of that podcast, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge periphery
1: fan. But, uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I did
1: I did have a podcast for uh, many years, I, a couple different ones, did maybe 100 episodes or something like that between the two of them and i'm going to start a uh, punk rock nba podcast very soon but not yet
2: oh nice i was gonna ask you about that
1: yeah just you know it's just a matter of finding the time you guys know mm. you guys know how time consuming it is to like set this up and edit it and publish oh, it and all that exhausting. stuff you know yeah People, you know people you don't know. i don't think people understand how much work it is to produce an hour or an hour and a half of audio every week yep it's yeah me. d-
3: i mean me included this is this is only my my second podcast with uh with stateside and it's with uh, the research and and the travel and the, yeah, it's, it's tough to, uh, it's deceivingly time consuming.
2: Yeah. And it's not free either.
1: No, it isn't. Um, So I'm going to start doing it though, because uh, how many episodes have you guys done? I'm sorry. I did. I should have done my research.
2: This, this will be our 52nd episode.
1: Okay. Like he said,
2: the second with Alan.
1: And it's more or less weekly or.
2: Yeah, pretty much. It's been just about on average every week. We're, we're, we're kind of uh, I don't know, re- not rebranding, but we're we're taking a hitting the refresh button on the podcast. Right about the 50th episode, um, I was doing the show with two other guys, Andrew and Neil. And you know, you know how life is. They they're doing their own thing. Neil's a producer. Fuck those guys. Fuck <laughs> the <to> fucking. <laughs> Finn just gets on and starts talking. We
3: actually have him here in studio. If you could say fuck those guys to their face. Yeah, that oh, would be. Oh, completely no. kidding. They're, oh, no. They're not here. They're not here.
2: That's the that's the internet. <laughs> No, but in, in all seriousness, Neil's a, a major dude. He's a producer I represent, and he's, he's a busy guy. So it just wasn't the best fit, and so I just kept doing it alone for the past month and a half and then decided I don't want to do it alone, and Alan is a major dude. And he's also a talented art director and designer, and we want to have the show eventually up on YouTube. So he, he walked <laughs> into the room, he's like... This looks like your room when you're 15. Like, <laughs> it's a bunch of posters. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's it's definitely time for the show to kind of turn a corner. And yeah. I think that's that's what we've been working at for a couple weeks. So Yeah, we're excited. It's
1: gonna well, be cool. uh, Alan, I'd be interested to hear more about your story. Uh, like I said, I actually did graphic design for a long time. Um, so I'm, you know, pretty passionate about that, too. Um, and as many of the, you know, I have a lot of criticisms of the music industry. But one thing... Uh, that I like about the music industry is that there's a lot of really fucking good designers and illustrators in the music world.
3: Yeah. And I think that's kind of a testament just to uh, the competition to get in. I mean, it's, I'm usually the first to say that that my skill level upon uh, beginning my work at at Rise Records, that really wasn't what got me in the door. It was like a lot of people, it was was networking and and right place, right time. And uh, honestly, being there just within the rat race and, and kind of, you know, I used to think that I was fast and efficient. And then, uh, when I started working there and, and my, my client base essentially goes from two to three bands a month as a freelancer to, uh, you know, 200 plus bands on, on a roster, some of which are more needy than others. Um, you, you learn to kind of flex the muscles that you didn't even know that you had. So mm-hmm. that's it. So it's been amazing, but, uh, honestly, I, I feel like, uh, and even before this podcast, like I said, I, I did my research on you, and, and what I love is that I feel like we have some some huge similarities in how we came up, and then also some huge differences where where yours was a little less uh, music-based in terms of like actual, you know, like playing and being um, yeah. a part of like a band and having that be your focus. That was my focus. My plan A was be a rock star, and then when I saw the reality of, of that situation, it, it quickly became um, you know not a plan at all and so the pl- plan b was start moving towards the skill that you built uh in an effort to become a rock star and it's a very you know as you know it's a very entrepreneurial thing like you've got to try to get that band uh branded and marketed well and we didn't know who to go to so I was like let me let me figure it out i just downloaded this thing called photoshop i heard it's cool uh i think it was photoshop 7 was was mm-hmm. my intro to it and uh you know you go through that kind of unconscious incompetence for you know, a decade or ho- however long it takes until you start to kind of understand the, the game a bit. And uh, it just it builds from there slowly, but very fast at the same time. It's a, it's a really odd thing.
1: I'm in the conscious incompetence phase now.
3: That's There's awesome. A- That's actually incredibly <laughs> humble of you to to even say that, because I, I know some guys that have been in it for half the time you have been that are like, no, I'm in the conscious competence phase. And I have been basically the whole time. Right.
1: Oh man, I don't know about you guys, but the uh, older I get, I, it's not that I'm not confident. You know, it, it isn't that necessarily. It's just, especially from working with as many just incredibly fucking talented people as I have, um, in particular in the last five or six years. You know, just to me, the bar for greatness is so high.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and I just, I don't, I don't know that I, um, I, 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 I could never. I could never say that I'm, that I meet that bar, you know, I mean, I don't think I suck or anything like that, but you know, when you are around people who are truly like elite world-class at a thing, you know, you realize where, how high that bar really is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. There, there are some dudes out there. that I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've met some people that, that maybe have, uh, you know, 50% the experience that I do and they're just pure cyborg.
1: And you're exactly. like, oh, OK,
3: you're supposed to be doing so then uh, in a exactly. weird set. In one hand, you're like, uh, you know, it's discouraging. But in the other hand, if you if you think about it the right way, it's the exact opposite. It's incredibly encouraging.
1: Uh, this, this is exactly why I stopped doing design, because of exactly what you are talking about. Like I put I worked really fucking hard at it and I, I definitely don't suck. I'm better than most but I I'm not a cyborg like that, you know. There are people I worked with and I'm just like, "What in the fuck? Like how do you do that? You're so much better and it comes so much more quickly to you than it does to me." Um that you know, I will I anything that I do, like I I I don't want to be like okay at it, certainly not anything creative. Like I don't I don't think anybody gets into a creative field with the goal of being pretty good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to feel like I am great at what I do. And I realized I was just never going to be as good as they are because, you know, it's the same. People don't want to talk about like the role of genetics and things like that, but natural talent is a thing. You know, we accept that in sports, but for whatever reason, we don't accept it in other fields, which I don't, I don't get. Right. Um, And I realized I just don't have as much natural talent as they do um, for, you know, art and design. And Uh, so I was like, okay, well, what do I have a natural talent for? And what I realized is I guess I'm a lot better at kind of marketing, you know, the creative side of marketing and like business problem solving, I guess, which I, you know, tying back to talking about zines and stuff like that, I realized that's the part I always kind of really liked more than anything else. And that I, I would like to think I am probably world-class at, um, so I think it's really important for people to recognize, like, what, I wouldn't even say what they're, you know, like you said to me, it's not their limit, it's not a negative thing, it just is what it is, you know, and I think a lot of people frustrate themselves by attempting to be world-class at a thing that they just don't have the talent to be world-class at, especially in music, you know, like, there's people that want to be Bring the horizon, but you're not Ollie Sykes, right. you know, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. I'm not Ollie Sykes either. That's why he is who he is. Like,
3: yeah, and it's kind of what makes it special, you know, is yes. people understanding that there isn't just an Ollie Sykes around every corner.
1: And you can't, no matter how hard you work, you can't be Ollie Sykes, you can't be LeBron, you can't be Floyd Mayweather. So you just have to come to terms with that, you know? And right. to me, that's not a negative thing. That's just life.
3: Yeah, you know? it well, it honestly it reminds me of uh James and I are both uh, big Gary V fans. <laughs> I was just are, you, say that. are you a fan of uh-huh. Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, yeah, he's always talking about you play to your strengths, not your weaknesses. Exactly. And and I think a lot of people are scared to sacrifice their ego and say like I'm just not the designer that so many people before me have been. So I'm gonna, move. but the first thing I think when you when you talk about that is that that's why you end up in these other endeavors where you're successful is because you don't sit around. Trying to beat yourself over the head about something you're not into and that you're clearly not seeing success from, so you're constantly on the offensive instead of the defensive.
1: Well, Gary has one of the things he talks about, you know, that people don't pick up on because they pick up on. Uh, so, I don't, I never met him, but we did a bunch of stuff with him at Creative Live because the CEO of Creative Live is friends, and they've known each other for a long time. So, we oh, did okay. a bunch of stuff with him. Um people pick up on the kind of obvious things that he says they brand him as like a motivational speaker. Um, And you know, there's a little bit of that, but one of the things he talks about that nobody really picks up on is the whole thing about like, you don't have to be the number one, you'd be a great number 14 or number (sighs) seven. Right. Like that is such a smart, insightful thing to say and more people should really ask themselves should, would I be better off as the number seven? Would I be happier as the number seven? That's really the point is like, the point is not like either you are LeBron James or you're shit, you know? Like it's not a binary thing where yeah. you either have to be the best in the world or you're a total fucking loser. You know, like there's a whole spectrum in between and maybe you would be happier, like just coming to terms with the fact that you are um, the you know, third string backup kicker, not the star quarterback.
2: Yeah. I'd know? much rather play the game than not play at all just because I don't Ex- get to be LeBron.
1: Exactly. So I think, I think more people really should embrace, just be realistic about who we are. And if it turns out that we're the number seven, like be stoked on that being number seven is still pretty cool.
2: Yeah. So go back on something you were talking about earlier. The value or the reason that we do All this stuff, the reason you're in a band Or you, you make art or anything worth doing It's not <laughs> It's not just to be Fucking happy I could be happy going to Disneyland I could be happy watching a stupid movie That's not the point The point is to do something fulfilling The point mm-hmm. is to work hard at something And make something happen Like the same thing with a podcast This isn't always fun But that's not the fucking point point. And I think that
1: if it was fun all the time,
2: no, it really wouldn't. Exactly that resistance and that pull, the ebb and flow of hard and, and easy, is just it's why we do it. And again, it's it's one of the things I love about how you because you kind of have a few different things on your channel. You do the how do they get so big, and then you kind of have more like a podcast where you just have your laptop open, you're just talking about one topic and just kind of surfing around. Um, I, but,
1: I you know I've only done a couple of those because I like them uh, by the way. I, I like I them too, good. but. You know, you got to focus, I think, on one thing. Yeah. And uh, I think the least...
2: channel might not be the best place for it. The podcast exactly. would be.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's so I would like to do more of those. But um, yeah, I kind of, I only did a few for that reason because just the, it was just clear to me what people wanted. So
2: yeah, exactly. You know,
1: that's another thing I would, say, you know, since I'm giving advice because I have a fucking microphone in front of me and there you go. I am, <laughs> I'm going to talk and everyone else is going to listen. Hey, um, <laughs> this is america but uh yeah, maybe a piece of advice that um i wish that i could give you know myself in the past that might be helpful for other people is like you don't um you don't get to choose what your lane is you just get to like find it and once you find it like just stay in that lane and be um be Give the people what they want, is what I would say. So, like, for example, in the, in the, in the background, I was in the design agency world, um, and we did industrial design. So the way that works is there's um, designers who sketch the thing. So if we're working on, you know, a, a watch or a backpack or whatever the fuck it is, you know, they'll sketch the thing. They'll make the, the pretty picture. And then there's uh, people who take that sketch and turn it into, like, actual 3D geometry in, you know, the, in the software. And it's, it's perceived that the designers are the creative ones and the, you know, people who make the, the models are, you know, not as creative or whatever. And so we had this one guy that we worked with, uh, you know, an employee who was not the world's best designer, um, but he was really fucking good at the 3D part of it. And he was really frustrated because he wanted to be the designer. And we kept telling him, like, Tony, you're so fucking good at, like, the 3D stuff. You're so much better at that than everybody else. Why don't you just, like, embrace that? And why don't you just, like, own the fact that you're fucking badass at doing SolidWorks? And, uh, you know, he eventually did. And he, instead of coming to work and being really frustrated every day because he wasn't a cat instead of a dog, he was like, you know what? I'm a dog, and that's cool. I'm just going to, like, embrace being the SolidWorks guy. Yeah. And so to your point before, like I kind of I would I would enjoy doing some more like, you know, commentary type stuff, but it doesn't seem like that's what people want from me on YouTube. And I'm not going to push against the river. I'm just grateful that people will pay attention to me talking about anything. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, so a few things with, with that. I want to know. Why, why the growth in the channel? 'cause I know you said you'd mentioned before a few times that it had been a channel for a while
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you put stuff up and you put stuff up rather, and you didn't get a lot of response right, and then something something changed over that time is yeah. that is that kind of why
1: yeah you so it's it exactly, in a little bit exactly what it is is uh you know for a long time, I kinda didn't really wanna talk about music um just because uh you know like anything else sometimes you get interested in other things whatever so i wanted to talk more about like business um and i tried but people were not interested in me talking <laughs> about business
2: <laughs> you mean like general business
1: yeah pretty much you know like non-music uh, related yeah in, yeah basically yeah. um you know like careers and stuff like that because i'm really passionate about that but that's not what people wanted from me so you know to to what i was mm. talking about before um maybe just on youtube
2: because i I would love to hear more of that from you
1: but i think maybe
2: on a podcast
1: well now that you know about me from talking about music on youtube yes
2: right Um, okay right right right
1: you would never have known i existed otherwise
2: that's the key that's a huge lesson
1: exactly so uh i said you know what fuck it i'll talk about music so i've written about music for many years um on some blogs i've written for some magazines that some of you guys might have heard of like substream and decibel and terrorizer and mm-hmm. um i don't know some other ones i'm not thinking of metal sucks these straight for those guys metal injection so i know that i can talk about this and you know it's like to me one of the things you know one of the corners of youtube there's basically there's like personalities who can just read the phone book and we think it's entertaining cuz they're so charismatic and i'm not that person and then the other corner of YouTube, I think, is like subject matter experts who may not be the most charismatic person in the world, but they have just insanely deep knowledge about yeah. some particular thing, which, for better or for worse, <laughs> I know a lot about, you know, this weird music. So, uh, and, and I've built a following in the past talking about it. So I said, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just talk about music. Maybe people will care about that. And they did. And the other thing that I have, you know, people have told me that I'm good at, which I I guess I am good at, is um, taking like a big, complex, massive information and distilling it down into like bullet points. Um, So that's basically what I do with my videos is, you know, why did this or that become popular or not popular or, you know what I mean? And like, I'm just, and so I learned just like, just like how Tony learned to embrace SolidWorks. Uh, I have learned to embrace talking about music because even though I don't necessarily give a fuck about what the best no effects record is um, what I do care about or enjoy is I I like to, I like to figure out why people like what they like and whether that is food or car or hiking or it it doesn't matter to me. It just so happens that I, because I know so much about music that it would make sense to me. You know, it's, it's, it's a good fit for me to, Figure out why people like the music they like, which is essentially what my channel is about.
2: And I like that you, you make it really clear. And it's, it's one of the things I, I knew that I would enjoy talking to you because I, I kind of say this stuff a lot. You make it very clear that it's not about what you like. You know what I mean? Right. You've said that many times. Like, look, this isn't Slipknot, this video about Slipknot or Blink or Bring Me the Horizon or whoever it is, it's not yeah. about me. It's about you. It's about what do you, the people, like, and why do you like it? And I think that's... Who gives
1: a fuck what I like or don't like.
2: That's right, man. We're we're old dudes who grew up with hardcore, and, like, it doesn't fucking matter what bands I like. I'm 35 years old. Ain't no one giving a (laughs) fuck what I like. It doesn't matter. It simply doesn't matter. And it's like, now we're in this place in the industry where sincerity is everything. You know, you can't just bullshit and... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that's why I like you, Alan. You're you're a very genuine, sincere guy, and it's pretty obvious what you, what you're into and what you're not into. But at the end of the day, you're more like Finn. Like you want to you want to get down to why things work.
3: Yeah, well, I think that's the that's the magic of of hitting the age that the three of us are are around. And it, it, for me, I mean, that's anything over thirty because that's that's where mm-hmm. I just start. No shit. Like before, uh, before you started talking, James, when when uh, Finn was wrapping up. I almost responded to everything he said, a lot of intelligent stuff. Yeah. I almost followed up with, so Finn, do you have any pets? Because that's really all I cared about for some weird reason. <laughs> right. right. at that, Not that I wasn't listening to what he said, but I'm just, at 21, I would have been like, dude, don't say that. It's going to sound rude. But at 32, I'm like, I'm interested in that. I,
2: that's what I want to hear about. I want to know right I wanna now. I want to know if he's a dog or cat guy. And yeah. I
3: also want to know which which side of my brain is right is because sometimes when he's talking and I'm actively listening, but I'm also like, the house looks really neat, so I don't believe he has a dog, but he also doesn't strike me as a cat person. So <laughs> I've got this inner kind of debate going on, and now I just want to know which Alan is correct.
2: Yeah, wh- what are you? Are you a dog or cat guy, or none?
1: I love any animal that loves me.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. I
1: don't care whether it's a goat or a horse or a rabbit or a snake.
2: But do you have a pet?
1: We have a cat, yes.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. oh so I was wrong.
1: He's sleeping on this couch right behind me. I would love to have a dog, but okay. Um, I don't think. I mean, I love our cat too. I'm not saying one is better than the other, uh. But I don't think we'd be very good dog parents. You know, I, I know some people yeah. are cool with um the idea of putting a dog in a crate all day, and maybe dogs are cool with that. But I just it doesn't feel right. What to do you me. do
2: with your cat, your dog?
3: um I, I put her in a crate always no, even when i'm home no, no i'm kidding, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <Fucking monster. laughs> yeah. i've had her for four years she's been in a crate the entire time yeah. no uh no i uh i rescued a, a pit bull i can't believe i just said rescued because i make fun of people for doing that but uh
1: boy what a cool guy alan yeah.
2: jesus Christ. you want I, a fucking yeah. trophy she was 250 dollars. Wow. so
3: i'm not i'm not about <laughs> to say
2: rescue uh worse than a vegan yeah, so I, I got a, I got
3: a pit bull maybe four years ago. But I'm, I'm also just a like, – I'm an insane dog person. Like I, I love dogs. Unfortunately, um, I would say, Jesus, two weeks before I got her because um, I, I was unemployed when I got her. And I was like, I'm going to do some freelance work, and then I need a bit of a project. And I had – in my childhood, we at one point had seven dogs. We had quite a bit of land. And
1: Holy I'm shit. just –
3: I'm very comfortable with dogs, and I enjoy training them. So I was like, I need a bit of a project outside of freelance. So I get her and then we're no shit laying in bed watching cops and she's asleep on me and I'm still getting used to her. She's getting used to me. And I get a text uh, asking me to come work at Rise Records. So I'm like, I just went from all the time in the world to 10 hours a day. Got to go. I know it's been a good two weeks, but now I'm going to basically adopt you and you're just going to hang out in this duplex and wonder what the fuck is up. Uh, We made it work. I mean, she's now that I bought a house, she is uh, she's in her first domicile where she is allowed to be like, I didn't have to lie about, I've had four apartments before this where I'm like, yeah, no dog. Or if they see the dog, I'm like, they ask me what, what breed the dog is. And I said, I think it's a terrier mix. Like I'm not about to say pit bull cause you're going to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm massive into, uh, into dogs. She right now, she just, uh, she chills in the basement. I put on uh, I got a TV down there and I put on uh that, that 15 hour, Relaxing dog music clip that's on YouTube. I don't know if you can call oh. it a clip because it's wow. it's like half a day what long. What kind of
2: music is that?
3: It's honestly, it, it drove me nuts. The two seconds I heard it, it's a lot of like. Uh, can I hear it right now? It's kind of some some weird ominous tones to me anyway. I I didn't really uh
2: ominous tones.
3: Yeah, I didn't dig it, but
2: um, Have you seen that movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes, where he—that
1: he, might be my favorite movie, dude. It's so good. It's
2: not a bad movie at all. Ominous. Wh- what
1: if the living. relaxing dog music was just 15 hours of Woe Is Me"?
2: <laughs> that yes. would be sick. Relaxing dog music. Let's share this with homeboy. I want to
1: know how did they? How did they decide that this was relaxing? That's no, my thing. I know.
2: Like, how did they
3: pull? How many dogs did they pull it's pretty on? Pretty
2: subjective. This? Is yeah. this it,
3: Alan? Uh, Which one? Doesn't look. I put in. Dogs. Oh, it's that one. Yep. This uh, one. Yep. That one. This one. Yep. <coughs> like it right out of the gate,
2: I didn't like it. Helped
1: four million dogs. How did they? <laughs> that's a lot of time. Jesus. How did they calculate that it was four million dogs? I mean, yeah, to that's me, a
2: good
3: question. This is just this is Stranger Things season three. That's all it sounds like to me.
1: This sounds like
2: depressing. I want to kill myself yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Really. But oh, this the, is this the is the on. Dog. This is looks in my like living room a, right now.
2: Like too. Yeah, that dog looks bombed, yep. dude.
3: That dog's saying, turn it off, dude. Okay, I'm turning it off now. <laughs> Jesus God.
2: It's Please a bummer. Please
1: subscribe to help more dogs. Well, I, I want to help dogs, <laughs> so I guess I better subscribe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Fucking relax. Did yeah, you, Jesus. Did you
1: subscribe? Uh okay, no good. I did not so I think a dog just died I'll like it though oh, there I just liked it this, there we go You this, saved its this life this podcast it's back. just took a dark turn <laughs> yeah real <laughs>
2: dark suicide and dog death in like ten yeah. seconds man. but anyway back to the point I'm I'm glad that you guys can
3: uh you, you can you know you can be honest with yourselves and say I don't know that a dog would really thrive here so yeah why why bring it in here.
1: Yeah, don't want to be a good, although we sometimes joke, we love our cat very, 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 very much. Mm. But sometimes we joke about it, we'll say like, well, what kind of dog should we get when Kitty dies? Uh,
2: What's the name of your cat? Is it Kitty?
1: Her name is Banana. That's
2: such a good name for a cat.
1: I have a thing where I never use, for some reason, I have never called my wife by her name to her. Right, right.
2: That means you love her, by the way
1: does it yeah okay. i think so i have it's like just,
2: 700 nicknames for my wife and my cats
1: i i don't use any pronoun for her when i'm talking to her like i don't say <laughs> hey you or maybe like i just just like hey hey, hey look i just yeah using any sort of pronoun or name for her to her feels so strange to me
2: i like that is your cat a girl or a boy
1: she is a girl yeah yes.
2: what is, what does banana look like
1: um well i i don't want to bother her um but she's a tortie so yeah she's she's really she's a sweetheart uh i got her from the shelter so have you guys ever heard of paws i don't know if they have it in oregon
3: that actually that sounds familiar
1: so they have a cool thing where they give you a personality test and they've also like graded all their uh all their animals i think they have dogs also so um, there's, like, nine different categories. Basically, they rank it on two axes. One is, like, how much energy it has, and the other is, like, how affectionate it is. And right. uh, I said, I want the one with the most affection and the least energy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's, that's ideal. That's why you get a cat, for Christ's sake. I was
1: like, wh- who wants a cat yeah. that, like, is that. playful and distant?
3: Yeah, like, send me the ask. most pumped up, least loving cat yeah. you can. why get a cat full serial killer cat please yes please
1: yeah they're like i hate you leave me alone wait feed me okay now go away Mm -hmm.
2: all right let's get back to serious stuff guys let's be serious people for a second here okay okay what is it like being on youtube today experience with the growth of the channel etc
1: uh well, I think that you should have written that question out more completely. Yeah,
2: it's that's a what I think. Terrible question. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um well so I will answer I guess the main thing. That was there. like a,
2: like a person who doesn't speak English wrote it. Right. Yeah. It was a, a Russian immigrant.
1: So well I'll give you I a I probably wrote a, that uh, while walking.
2: It's a question from one of our Russian
3: fans. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Well, it's I will give locked.
1: you a funny tidbit since it's Thanksgiving. So my wife's entire family is from Vietnam. Whoa! And, uh, a lot of them don't speak English very well. That's and fun. So, you know, there's like the kids' table at Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Um. So for some reason or another, but her her sisters and, her sisters are all married to American guys. Um. For some reason or another, I got stuck at what I called the ESL table <laughs> at Thanksgiving last year, where I was the only person there who doesn't speak Vietnamese. So oh, bummer. I was sitting there for an hour and a half just listening to her. Fam- watching her family like blab at each other, and just having us. a
2: great time talking yeah, shit about I, you.
1: Exactly. Oh, they they do. Yes. Yeah. This um, fucking white boy. <laughs> yes, uh, but anyhow. So the uh, as far as the growth of the channel goes, I think it's interesting, and in, um, it kind of makes me identify a little bit with some of these bands. Now, granted, they're experiencing something that's like a hundred times bigger than what I have, but. You know, I got like 20,000 new subscribers last month.
2: It's crazy. And,
1: you know, I got like 200,000 views on a couple of videos and stuff, which is small potatoes, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But for me to suddenly have 20,000, you know, I've had a decent following before, but it, it came much more slowly. And so those people knew me. And if I said X they would be able to contextualize it because they read or heard a bunch of things that I said before. And so they, you know, would interpret it maybe a little bit more um, fairly, I guess, than strangers might. And so it kind of made me really understand, like what about these bands that get really famous? So if I'm, if I'm experiencing a 0.5 out of 10, what about a band that becomes really famous really quickly, you know, like green day or something like that, Mm -hmm. that goes from playing Gilman playing a fucking stadium Two months later. In
2: their early twenties you know. too.
1: Yeah, and you see them like exactly. So I just turned forty and uh that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, wow, how would I handle Yeah? Th- I, I if I was twenty-two, I sure would have said some real fucking dumb stuff that probably would have come back to I haunt know me.
2: <laughs> Fuck, I think about that shit all the time, dude. Oh god, I, I would you don't wanna know. I was such a shit bag at twenty-two. I was such a turd. Like, <laughs> no one should a- allow me to say anything or, oh my God. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. These bands get big so quickly. But anyway, back to you. So, I mean, have you had, like, it, you know, the comment section on YouTube is just infamous for being negative and a shithole place. Are you well, now nav- so getting I that? Well, I have quite a bit
1: of experience with that because I had a pretty popular blog before and I was. I think the most popular writer on metal sucks for many years. So uh, I have, you know, lots of experience getting like nasty comments and stuff. And it, it, um, it doesn't really bother me uh, for the most part. It does get old. Like if you get literally a thousand shitty comments in like half a day, um, you know, (laughs) it gets a little old, but it's fine. Um, It's more the part that's more um, well. So I guess what, what I, what I believe, well, I don't believe it. I know this is true is that, um you get what you give so the kind of energy you put out is the kind of energy you're going to get back and so i try very hard to put out like positive friendly energy uh and that doesn't mean i get it back all the time but like if look at the comments on my green day video and you guys know how many people hate green day right yeah uh you would expect that yeah, to be
2: you're absolutely right
1: <clears throat> yeah i remember thinking that. that to be a flood of people talking oh they're not punk oh, you know whatever you can imagine. And there's very little of that, you know, there's a little bit of it, but really very, the comments on there are overall like really positive. Yeah. Um, I agree. So, like what I was saying, I think that for the most part you get what you give. Um, And so I've tried very hard to cultivate a community, uh, you know, of people who don't leave nasty comments.
2: Yeah. I love that. So basically you're, You're taking the time up front to set up, set up an environment where people are encouraged to be constructive and positive. And if they have a disagreement, they're not going to be just total assholes for no reason. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so another thing that I, which is, I guess, rare on YouTube, is if I get something wrong or if somebody brings up something I didn't think about, then I say it. Like, actually, you're right. I probably should have said that. Or good point. I think I got that one wrong you know mm-hmm. um and it's a little thing but it goes a long way i mean how often first of all i read all my comments and i reply to most of uh, maybe not most but a very good chunk of them especially if they're something like nice or constructive or something like that and so you know you set the tone of um you set the tone of the conversation uh and it doesn't mean people are going to follow it a hundred percent of the time but by and large they do so if they see that you are friendly and nice and you're engaging with people and you're directing a conversation in like a constructive way, then they'll either follow it or they'll leave because they don't like it. And that's fine with me.
2: Right. There's a lot of like shitty, I mean, look at the biggest YouTubers out there. The Logan Pauls, the awful, awful. It's absolute garbage, but they put garbage out and they get garbage back.
1: Exactly. He's
2: one of the most viewed YouTubers, but he's also one of the most hated YouTubers. And there's a what reason
1: I, for it. I'm curious. Uh, I think he's like 21 or 22. Oh, God, um, what a disaster. So to our point before, and, you know, and I don't, um, I can't stand his, his content, but I don't really fault him for it because, you know, I probably would have done and said, I think I'm a nice person, but I definitely would have done and said some equally obnoxious things at that age. Yep. And especially if you have literally tens of millions of people giving you positive reinforcement and tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Can you blame him for doing it? I know. You know, I mean, just the same as like, you see a lot of like Justin Bieber is a good example of this. You know, he's been famous since he was a child and he is like super rich, super famous, gorgeous, and he's had people telling him he's the most, you know, that he's God since mm-hmm. he was like 11 years old. How could he possibly be any different?
2: I know. It's insane to expect anything different.
1: You know, I, I feel bad for him in a lot of ways, actually.
2: Speaking of uh, garbage content, one of the videos I really liked from you, you were talking about how you were comparing the success of bands who put out original songs and original music videos original art versus people goofy ass people with cool haircuts will cover a song and that cover of a song that's done with a kazoo and a fucking (laughs) you know it's like zany fucking video of the green day song that gets way more views
1: yeah so uh, what i was talking about is there's a band called our last night which is basically like a metalcore cover band i guess um, I mean, they have originals, but, you know, to your point, their covers get, you know, a hundred times more interest crazy. than anybody. Um, and this is like, I, I actually kind of regret making that video because although I, I believe in anything, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything I said in it, but I, you know, in regard to what we were talking about before, I just kind of really kind of wish I wouldn't have put that energy out there. So I don't think I'll ever do How anything come? like that. Again. Um, I just, I don't want people, um, like i called i I said it's like the thumbnail says like stop watching this crap
2: yeah Um, being a little judgment yeah yeah
1: it's just not really the energy i want to be putting out Um, right so uh you know but right but to be
2: fair you have balanced a lot of your content with in the message of what you do with the the problem with hardcore or the problem with these scenes that they can be very elitist
1: yeah. So I mean, and, you and have
2: pointed that out, like. Yeah, but. You gotta have but, a balance.
1: Yeah, I, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to have a balance. I'm just not interested in putting out anything negative. So I kind of wish I wouldn't. Have yeah, done especially that on way. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's. it's just. It's not adding. It's well, not it's good that
2: you way. know that. That that's a good thing. You
1: yeah, know, I think but, that's
2: why you'll do well.
1: That said, um, the uh the, the, the so what I was talking about in um in that video was that, that cover band in, in general, the larger phenomenon of like all these like zany covers of like, you know, a Japanese school girl plays mashuga on a tuba, you know, <laughs> and it just, these things get so much fucking traffic and, um, and I don't blame, and, and it's frustrating to me specifically like that. They, um, I don't, I, when normies watch that stuff, that's, I get it. You know, they, they, they are just looking for something funny but what's aggravating to me is that metal fans watch that stuff and they watch it more than they want. than they pay attention to new bands. Right. Um, And it just like, so if you look at, uh, I don't know, look at any big metal blog, you know, metal sucks or whatever, like you can see how many, you know, you can see the engagement on stuff and any of that, like basically what gets engagement is either that or, you know, uh, Ozzy called the, drummer for Iron Maiden, the butt face, you know, it's just this lowest common denominator shit. And I don't blame the people who create it or like, I, I mean, I'm friends with the guys from metal sucks. I know that they don't like publishing that stuff, but they do it because it's a business and that's what people want to read. So the point of that video was really directed, not so much at the creators, but the consumers, like we, we created that situation by rewarding it with our eyeballs or clicks. So stop watching it. Like I get why these cover bands are cover bands because people watch it and it's because they're not paying attention to the original. So, you know, you uh, in, in our world, we claim to uh, you know, have so much respect for original art and blah, blah, blah. We, we, you know, claim that our taste level is up here, but then there's 10 million views of Japanese schoolgirl playing Meshuggah on a bassoon.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So that was kind of my point of that video, so I don't fault anybody for making it, you know it's especially if that's their job um if that's what you want to do with your time and people are into it, then I get it. It's business, but I really wish people would give it less attention. It's just like most lowest common denominator garbage, which like uh, one thing that encourages me very much about YouTube in particular is that there's the 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 taste level on YouTube I think has gotten so much better in the past like four years i would say like you guys remember in like 2010 or something like that what was on youtube
2: oh god just trash yeah it was just cat videos yeah yeah
1: and now it's stuff like this conversation that we're having right now which i think is pretty cool it's true
2: it's very promising
1: yeah and that just came around in the past couple years and there's the other thing that's encouraging to me as an older person is that there's a lot of older people. Like, there weren't people our age on YouTube in 2010. You no, know, it and,
2: and it's like you've, you've pointed out before. I mean, either get on the train or you get off. This is what is happening. You know, the yeah. cable is going to be gone. It's just gone. The Fox News, ABC, that is Instagram, like Gary Vee always talks about. That's the equivalent to those big broadcasting networks now. It is YouTube and I guess Netflix and, and everything like that. So that's where everything's going, whether you're old, young, fat, it doesn't matter. Like that's what it is now. That's it. It's where everything is. I go to YouTube all the time now. And I never thought I'd be a guy that watched fucking YouTube channel I I do all the time now. Same.
1: Yeah. It's like I would rather watch YouTube than anything else. I'd rather watch YouTube than Netflix or T V or too. any anything else. Um, which again, I used to think YouTube was garbage. Yep. Um but, you know, uh as we were talking about I'm Uh, my and as gary talks about you know my point of view on any any of these things changes by the day so yeah uh youtube might suck today but if it's great tomorrow then i'm on board
2: and also i mean a lot of that stuff it's like saying someone that says i don't like youtube is like saying i don't like ice cream it's like there's a lot of flavors out there man what do you mean like like, saying i
1: don't like food
2: i don't like food yeah it's even more (laughs) like saying i don't like food i mean there's something on youtube for everybody Because it's not one thing; it's just a, a broadcasting opportunity for everyone. And there's like the barrier to entry is really, everything's changed. You know, you don't need a huge budget. You don't need to convince a studio to let you have a show. You can just go do it. There's no excuse. Alan, what
1: are your favorite channels?
2: Um, I'm not. I I like a lot of the podcasters for sure. I
1: said Alan, not James. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead, Alan the microphone. So, so
2: this is the James podcast <laughs> and more
3: about <laughs> like, what's funny is I thought I heard Alan, but I was like, maybe I'm just being egotistical and then, <laughs> no,
2: I, uh, I spaced out.
3: yeah, I, so my thing lately, it's not, it's not a channel. I kind of go through, uh, I don't really do the, like the channel subscribe kind of thing. Cause I mm-hmm. noticed that a lot of channels will put out, uh, some shit that I'm into and then, you know, a handful of duds and then some shit that I'm into and a handful of duds. So I don't really trust, uh, you know, channel to channel. I think I have a few, uh, I subscribe to you know my fourteen year old brother has like a like sort of like a a video game thing I'm gonna do that you know just to be supportive but uh i I typically just go through um like just rabbit holes and and i kind of uh fetish out on like uh searches and my my latest thing has been just uh classic tom green clips, just whole oh, okay. episodes of of tom green um and then recently super obsessed with uh Larry King now which is just his it's what we're doing right now except uh, oh yeah he's great but his guests mean a lot more than any of us do in the world and uh yeah it's just it's so fascinating i love that he's kind of hit this point i he could be 125 or 65 i don't even know but uh closer to 125 he just, he just doesn't <laughs> care and he uh i actually on my instagram story the other day i posted this thing where uh who was it who was his guest uh i can't remember who his guest was but he said something about uh what's something you believed in as a kid that uh you later felt like a fool for thinking was real and, and the guest was uh might have been Bill Maher. The guest just said God. And what I love oh, about it was Tom Segura. Was it Tom Segura? I think
2: it might have been Tom Segura.
3: What I love about Larry King is that he so many people would ask that question, get an answer, move on to the next question. But Larry King at, at his age, he's just like, the world wants to know what I think about you know the answer to this question. So he'll stop and almost forget that he's like filming a show. And he'll be like, "Oh, this is a conversation, a closed conversation between me and somebody else." Yeah. So when somebody said God, he just he looked at him. He was like, "Me too." And they just go on this weird little great. tangent about it, and he's Doesn't just like, "He's the world's crazy grandpa," and I'm I'm just so into that. So I've been obsessed just watching Larry King and and my living room with
2: my pit bull. It's great. That's definitely well, a I'm good a, one.
1: I'm a big fan. Uh There's two channels that I really like a lot. So my. uh like about half of my family maybe worked in corrections. So like my, uh, my dad was a corrections officer. My stepmom worked at a prison also. Oh, that's my awesome. Aunt, my aunt worked at a like juvenile detention facility. And my cousin, her son, is essentially a parole officer now. A little bit different than that, but basically a parole officer. So I grew up hearing about like prison all the time. So I watched a lot of prison channels.
3: Oh, Scared um, Straight and stuff?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, there's one called Fresh Out that's really good.
3: Oh, um, yeah.
1: I, I I think you guys would like it. Um, it's uh, a guy who did a bunch of Fed time. So for those who don't know, there's Fed time and there's state time. They're a little bit different. Um, he did a bunch of Fed time for bank robbery. Uh, I think he did like nine years or something. And so he just kind of talked, he interviews people that came out of prison and they just talk about what they learned. He's a really thoughtful guy. Um, so that's a really good one. And there's another guy that was sort of, the, sort of one of his friends, this guy named OG Badger, um, who started his own channel. What's really interesting about it the guy that does Fresh Out, um, and I guess sort of touches on a lot of the same things that I talk about on my channel. The guy who does Fresh Out is this big black guy named Big Herc. And uh, Badger um, is, uh, he doesn't say, but I think he must have been in the Aryan Brotherhood because he's got the right tattoos and stuff like that. <laughs> and yet they're friends, you know? So they're able to like put aside the prison politics, which are a much more serious version of scene politics, right? You know, because it's like, people actually die over that stuff in prison and yet these two and and outside of prison too um and yet these guys are able to put that aside and you know have these cool conversations and stuff like that so those are these are like two of my current favorite channels
2: very cool i've been digging the vice news channel that's a good one i mean that's like you know big time yeah, I feel like Vice like. is all over the
3: place. It'll be uh
2: not always good, but most times. Yeah,
3: there's like prefer. some some current stuff and then it'll just be like, oh, these two girls uh went to Yeah, they went to go work as sex workers in the tiniest town in Alabama. It's like
2: super random. And you're just like specific. that sounds
3: insane. I mean I'll watch it, but it's it's weird.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it can be a bummer too.
3: Do you guys watch uh what is the the Jameel um is it Jameel Maddox? Uh is it a Netflix thing? Yeah, no, it's a it's a Vice thing. It's uh Hate Thy Neighbor. If you guys watch that at Mm-mm. all,
2: I think I know he, the the guy that's been on Gary next.
3: Maybe the, that guy. I, I don't know. Um, but I watched all of season one, and it was awesome. There's just it's it's a little political. It's not really my thing, but I, the way that they that they produce the show, it's just it's super interesting. Essentially, he just kind of he's uh he's from the UK. He's uh, I want to say. I don't know if he's half black or 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 full black but he uh and he's got like an English accent he's just a very like <laughs> cultured dude. Oh, I think you know, and he'll go he'll just go hang with uh super extremist KKK guys yep. and yep. and they're not a fan of him at all but he's just like I just want to talk I just want to kind of get Oh I've
1: seen this guy. Yeah, he's 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 a really interesting guy.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. that whole first season was amazing. I don't know if I completed the second season but from what I remember it was it was awesome.
2: Have you guys seen the one where it's another Vice one where the guy like I saw him on Rogan's podcast, and then I went and started to watch the show on Vice. He's a guy that goes around and like basically tries drugs from around the world. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he's a professor, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. And it, it's it sounds like a bonehead. Like <laughs> this guy's just getting fucked up. It's right. like, but it's way more
1: interesting. He's a sharp guy.
2: Yeah, uh, really smart.
1: Any, anytime Rogan talks about anytime the topic of like uh, animals or drugs comes up, I'm out. <laughs> I instantly, yeah. instantly delete the episode. You're
2: like, yeah. see ya, which happens yep, to just, be a
1: lot. Okay. Yep. Exactly. So uh, I don't make it through a lot of them. I was a religious listener since I don't know 2009 or so whatever he started doing it.
2: Can you specify? What do you mean when he talks about animals? Like, like hunting, uh, or uh, do you mean like me, when he just nerds out? Let me pull up
1: that picture of that jack chimp. Gotcha. No, did you guys know that a 150 pound chimp can pull 1,200 pounds? I know.
2: Well, he really gets off like on it
1: 1200 pounds that thing could tear your fucking arms off alan yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Jamie, look at look at this one over here i'm just, okay i'm done yeah. or the wolves or anything yeah know. he loves like
2: wolves and he's obsessed with coyotes for some reason <laughs> yes and how similar they are to wolves he's such a yeah. stoner yeah, yeah I'm, kinda, exactly. I'm I'm just saying this. for
3: me it's it's whenever he talks about regenicane He's like, oh, oh there's yeah. this, there's this doctor in Germany. It's <laughs> yeah. oh, right. man. They put yeah. new Listen, blood I got in these a centrifuge. stem
1: cells in my shoulder, and it was just like, you know, this thing had been killing me for years. <laughs> and after yeah. I went to Germany, it was just like, overnight.
2: Like, oh, it must just, be nice to be, be... a multi oh, cool. you know, the,
1: the big pharma, they don't want this stuff to be legal in the U.S. That's the problem.
2: Right. Yeah. But that'll be like a 45-minute rant. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I watched
3: that episode. He had a. Uh, Mel Gibson and then uh, Mel Gibson's father's doctor on it and like oh yeah I can't believe I watched that whole episode but yeah was it was so random a lot of the a lot of the same shit just being said over and over and it was cool right. I mean they went to Panama and they they saved uh, Mel's dad's life or something I guess I don't know it was something that show gets guess. that show gets super <laughs> wacky I'm very selective on yeah, what episodes yeah. I watch I agree
1: well it's a lot better when he used to, than when he used to have comedians on all the time who are just dummies i mean dumbos yeah. they're they're funny but they and i also
2: hated the red band days brian i oh, really? can't stand that fucking guy I mean, I think he's funny and whatever, but Something. I didn't like him in yeah. the context of Rogan. Yeah,
3: you need him in small doses because he...
2: Well, Rogan was mean to him. He's always fucking yeah. bullying. I mean, I kind I of get that.
3: Him. I think you put I Red Band around sure. me for two weeks. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to be a... Yeah, I mean, He would
1: just blurt out dumb shit all the time that would derail the conversation. And yeah. and then
3: he would laugh and... about it for 45 minutes. And you're yeah. like, yeah. dude, there's listeners. Like, <laughs> Try to reel yeah. it in.
2: I think of Rogan's podcast as, as like we were talking about YouTube earlier. It's just... A thing that there's everything on there. Like it's not all gonna be for you. And he talks right. about that. Like there's, you will have hunters on. If you're not into hunting, don't don't check that one out. Yeah, you know. I,
1: I did enjoy when he had uh James Hetfield on there talking about beekeeping, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the most <laughs> random. And he always he'll always have people on. Like if he had you on, Finn, he my yeah. guess is he wouldn't even mention Punk Rock NBA. He wouldn't mention URM no. Academy. It, like that's not the objective of being on Rogan's podcast. <laughs>
1: No, we have been talking about that Jack Chimp. you ever be talking about the Jack yeah. Chim.
2: He wants to pull the most mundane thing out of people and then make that uh, – <laughs> Which, I mean, that's – Which kind of cool.
3: Yeah, it's kind of a skill right there. For me, it's if I see a guest and there's and the word doctors in there, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'll yeah. Yeah. catch it next week.
2: Doc, what's the one? He always uh, – the girl. Dr.
3: Rhonda Patrick. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. see ya. Oh, yeah. I'm like, cool, pass. See ya. And then uh, next week it's yep. Steve-O, and I'm like,
2: I'm oh, listening yeah. so hard. listening
1: so hard, yeah. I listen ridiculous. to uh, most of the MMA ones because I've been a huge MMA fan. Since oh, we even. are too. Oh, boom. There, there's a few fighters who I like. I don't want to hear anything from Eddie Bravo's mouth ever. The the <laughs> oh,
2: fight. yeah. Dude, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> yeah, that guy's I mean, a maniac. Jiu-Jitsu-wise, yeah, we got to all bow down to it. But it's a fucking flat-earth shit and conspiracy theory. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. God, he's exhausting. I
1: probably don't ever need to hear from... Uh, uh what the fuck why can't i remember his name uh tim kennedy ever again yeah I'm with oh you see i that.
2: like kennedy oh really yeah well, i like yeah i'm a fan yeah. dude i like tim kennedy i think he's a beast
1: uh i i brian stan might be my favorite mma guest that he ever had
2: oh i, I don't know who
3: he i is. mean he brian I, stan, stan sure is he's the straightest arrow like that guy exactly. is which one vanilla is ice cream what do i not know he's uh all i know is he's got a slipknot
1: tattoo <laughs> oh does he <laughs> yeah like he's on a, his he's a uh fiver. um yeah he, he might actually still be in the Marines. I'm not sure. Oh, he's a um, fighter. He, he's the dude yeah. that
3: Joe always wants to run for president.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd consider giving him my vote. I would definitely that. consider it. Yeah. Yeah, he is the straightest arrow that there ever was. He's like a real-life G.I. Joe.
3: Yeah. Is it just All run? day. Yep. Pop up. That guy? Is. Yep. Yep. He's got the knot S between his shoulder blades. And I can't believe no one oh, ever talks yeah, about
2: it. Oh, yeah, Mr. Jaw. Yeah, he's a bad mofo. Is he yeah, uh, Bellator now, or is he still UFC?
1: I think he retired.
3: <sighs> yeah, gotcha. he used to do some some commentating for UFC, and I loved him as a commentator. Um, oh,
2: he fought Chael
1: Sonnen. Yep. Okay.
3: <laughs> he knocked gotcha. out Vanderlei, too, I believe. Yeah, he did. You know Chael is a local organ dude?
1: Yep, that's right. The gangster from West Lynn.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, what it, right. Finn, I would die to know your opinion on Chael Sonnen.
1: Uh, I think he's hilarious. Um, and I would not trust him farther than I could throw him, which is not very far. That's
3: the perfect answer. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a convicted felon. He yeah, he uh, didn't give a popped, fuck. What three times for PDS? I lo-
2: He's very open about it. Too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah I might get away with. it, I'll do it again. Exactly. He, he likes to.
3: He likes to reply to that accusation with the word allegedly. Uh, right, right. even though it's it's very much in stone.
1: He's My a favorite guy. one. Uh, did you guys ever listen to uh, the Dog podcast? A no, little bit, yeah. I've really never. So this was maybe 2009, before people were kind of on to uh, to Chael's shtick. Um, when he had just kind of because so you guys may remember he used to be really boring. Like nobody gave a fuck yeah. about Chael. Absolutely, at all. he
3: would wrestle and then get uh, he would lose second round via triangle choke.
1: That exactly. was his. That was his move. Yes. Nobody cared at all about him. And then suddenly he just basically decided to like turn heel and turns out he's really entertaining. And then he got really big. So yeah. this was right after he turned, turned heel and people weren't quite hip to it yet. He was on sure dog radio and uh, he had fought on uh he had fought on the same card as GSP. I don't remember which one it was, but he had fought like, you know, third under GSP or whatever. And uh, so they interviewed him on Dog Radio about it. And he was like, well, you know, GSP actually personally requested me to be on that card because he knew what a draw I am. And the <laughs> host was like, wow, really? And, he's, and, and he was like, oh, fuck. they thought I was serious. So he's like, like, uh, well, I mean, that's, that's what I was told. I haven't actually asked GSP about it myself, uh, but that's, that's what I was told. You know what? Let me give him a call right now because uh, i would hate to give you bad information so he's so
0: good some
1: random phone number and it rings and rings he's like well you know what GSP's not picking up right now so let me uh let me just confirm that and get back to you but that's my impression yes is that he requested me to be on that card <laughs> uh,
3: so legit <laughs> that's right re- so
2: that must have been a while ago
3: yes yeah
1: yeah
3: yeah yeah i'm i'm a Shirts. massive Chelsea fan i i usually go around saying that he's He's like one of maybe three people I could be starstruck by. Like, I, I've been a fan of his for a while. I specifically remember Uf, UFC 2, no, UFC 117 uh, was his rematch against Anderson Silva, and that was, that was the most nervous I've ever been watching a fight, and I thought he had it, and oh man, the performance was solid, and he just, he, he couldn't pull out the win, and I was, I was heartbroken.
1: Yeah, man, that was, uh, you know, Chael's an underrated fighter. He was damn good. He really should have had, you know, he should have been the champion. He was, what, Mm -hmm. 30 seconds away from being the champion before he gave up the fucking triangle, as always.
3: Yeah, or even the the one that nobody talks about, which is crazy, is his fight against John Jones, where John Jones broke his big toe. And if Chael could have just held on, he would have, I mean, it would have been a cheap win because it would have been, you know, via disqualification or, or whatever whatever the verbiage would have been. But yeah, it's uh, it's so crazy. He's got a lot of those kind of finishes.
1: Yeah, he does. Uh, so the, the my only issue with, um, with Chael, which is I think where maybe you may be headed with this clip here, is that he, uh, you know, he kind of opened the door to the UFC as it is now, which is like way too WWE, too much shit talking and stuff for me. You know, Chael did it like, as a bit it was funny um but now it's just everybody's talking shit and unlike chael they're not funny right they're just talking shit and i just really am not interested in that you know connor is pretty entertaining too i can kind of tolerate it when he does it but even then it just gets a little old connor's not clever like uh, chael is so that's my only thing with chael is just that people realize like oh if you're just an obnoxious shithead then you'll get attention, which is, you know, the same thing that happens on YouTube and all these other places, so that part I'm not that excited about, but uh, you know.
3: Well, I always uh, got the vibe that with Chael, like, he would he would talk shit, but it was in, like you said, it was a very WWE thing. I heard that he became really close friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and, and he started to share contacts with him and, and step up his kind of theatrical game, but... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he was also the biggest company man ever. He would do his thing, but then... He wouldn't really he wouldn't uh, say fuck off to to the UFC, much like Conor does. Conor Conor challenges the UFC and says, you know, look at my numbers and, you know, come back to me with a better offer because you would be screwed without me. So it's much more adversarial. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that that's that's, uh, you know, Conor definitely is the one that I wouldn't say ruined the sport for me, but made me like it a lot less. Right. um, You know, for all the reasons you're talking about. But, you know, I. Again, I can't hate on him for doing it. He made himself rich as fuck off of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a ridiculous. huge fan. He's definitely a good fighter, but he's not the best. Dude, but, we saw uh,
2: that with Khabib. What do you think about that fight, Finn?
1: Well, I mean, it's Khabib. You know? I Unbelievable. There's was, there was only, there only one way Connor was going to win that fight, which is, you know, the puncher's chance. But mm-hmm. I don't think at 155, I don't think he has the power that he did at 45. And even at 45, you know, it's not like he was Anderson Silva just knocking people dead with one shot. He, he did a little bit, but, you know, he, he uh, you know, I mean, he 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 won by TKO, not just like walk off KO. And I think that's what you have to do with Khabib is you got to just like knock him dead with one shot on the way in because, you know, his chain wrestling is just so fucking good. His mat returns and his top pressure like. It's a terrifying I, it's just, man. It's awful. Yeah, like I couldn't.
2: Just, I mean, how do you fucking beat that? After watching that fight, because I, you know, I root for Conor almost every time he fights. Like, you know, I, I show up. My, I'm such a dork. Show up my fucking Irish flag, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. And all my buddies are like, "All right, James, fucking have well, fun with that. He's gonna get his ass whooped." And well, what I
1: think Conor could have done differently, and obviously, it's easy for me to say is just some guy in his uh, in his living room here, but. Sure. Uh, I would say Connor didn't look like his best in that fight. In particular, uh, you know, he usually has a lot better footwork. He's a lot better at like controlling the distance and working angles, which I think is really your only shot. And he had some good, you know, I mean, I think it was the third round. Khabib couldn't take him down. Um, And uh, so I think he got the better of that round. So, you know, it is possible, um, you know, but the problem is just like once Khabib gets on top of you, he pretty much have to write that round off so you know you'd have to do that for three out of five rounds which is a tough order but i think you know the controlling the distance is, is where i think he had his best shot you know because khabib um you know he'll usually shoot that like low single from way outside uh that's usually how he starts his you know starts his chain wrestling that ends in the takedown so that's if I was his coach, that would I. That's what I would ask for. But I'm not his coach, and I'm not qualified to be his coach. So what the fuck do I know?
2: I know. I, yeah,
3: yeah. He's. I mean, Khabib is a. He's he's tough. He's a tough challenge. I think that Connor exploited a couple small things. But I remember uh, reading this article, and and uh, Connor's coach, his head coach, John Cavanaugh, kind of talked about how if he had it to to do over again, they would have made a. Uh, connor's game plan less defensive and more offensive because like you mm-hmm. said he absolutely yeah. his only chance was was uh striking and yep. if you look at it he just didn't throw the way that he did with any other um, opponent and that's because he was waiting for the takedown so mm-hmm. much so that khabib even landed a punch which everybody wrote off khabib's striking game so right there you're just like listen you're so worried about the takedown right. you're not even the true connor and and your sentiments about that i think yeah. everybody agrees with the the entire mma community is like that looked like a different connor
1: he wasn't fighting his fight which is understandable cuz it's fucking khabib
3: yeah it's um, yeah the scariest yeah. matchup for him
1: i would i'd be interested in seeing a rematch connor doesn't deserve it but uh right. i would too i would be interested
2: yeah i'm surprised what, that you'd say that
1: what i would like to see is um Khabib versus a prime Frankie Edgar. You know, I think Frankie's a little past his prime now, but that would prime Frank that would be the fight because Frankie's so fast, his wrestling is so goddamn good.
2: What's the deal with Khabib's visa and all that shit? What's the news on that? I, I think that right now there's still the
3: athletic commission is still uh talking about it. I'm I'm not 100% sure. For me, I want to see uh, I, I think that the Frankie Edgar fight would be good. I don't see the UFC giving him that next he would for sure need to at least win one to get that plus i think uh
2: yeah but who would be before him
3: well i i think that the if i had to put my money on anybody i think and this is crazy to say because they've attempted the fight five times i believe but uh tony ferguson i mean i that's the one where i'm like yeah i i know you keep trying it and tony refuses to not wear sunglasses indoors so he trips over things and tears (laughs) his Tears his knee apart. Yeah, he's a uh,
2: goofball, man.
1: He is. He's, he's one of the so weirdest so dudes though. in the world. But I love he didn't it. Blow out his knee, tripping over like a mic cable. Yeah, he
3: tripped over a right? cable doing doing that? press for the fight, and <laughs> and uh, Dana White said like it's because this motherfucker won't not wear sunglasses <sighs> and indoors. He, like
1: destroyed his knee.
3: Yeah, right. eviscerated it. Needed surgery. Oh. Like it. <laughs> that was a good fight, though. Yeah, I, I would like to watch, man. Man. I would love to see yeah. it. I would love to see. I it.
1: am a certified Anthony Pettis hater. So, yeah, um, dude.
3: I'm slowly getting there too. I'm, I'm pretty tired with it. The Showtime kick was cool, and then since then, it's been kind of whatever. Yeah.
1: It's just so frustrating because his game plan is basically, uh, so here, if if I was his coach, I'm like, okay, Anthony, here's here's your game plan. If you don't knock him out in the first thirty seconds, just walk backwards for the rest of the fight.
3: Right. Yeah, that's how it feels.
1: Okay, coach. <laughs> I got you. No problem.
3: Yeah, it just it feels like there there became kind of more more flashy showtime shit and less, you know, I think that you have to mix that with a little bit of that that dog fight. You got to be willing to get in there and yeah, and grind it out. But
1: uh, he got, got his fucking ass kicked by uh, Dos Anjos. And I think that yeah. probably I think that was I mean, that, that's a tough loss for anybody. So I, I think that probably made it harder for him to pull the trigger.
3: There was a little improvement with the Ferguson fight, even though he lost. Like, I felt yeah. like, okay, this is what everybody wanted a little more. Like, even in mm. that loss, I'm, I would be interested in seeing another fight. But, you know, like you said, if he comes back like he did against uh, Dos Anjos, then, then I don't care anymore.
2: How do you feel about the Cowboy-Connor fight? Do you think, well, A, is that really going to happen?
3: I, I've heard absolutely, and I've heard absolutely
2: not. I know Brendan Shops like, oh, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I've heard from my sources it's going to happen.
1: Uh, well, you so know, we'll says a lot of things. <laughs> it's he true. Says, he says yeah.
2: a ton of things.
3: Yeah. How do you feel about that fight, though, Finn?
1: Uh, from like the perspective of uh, you know, what's going to happen in the octagon? Yeah.
3: Just or even just as a fan, you know, like is that something you would be uh, interested in?
1: Yeah, I would totally like to see it. Um, it's interesting because that's definitely a step down for connor You know.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: He's always fought the best of the best. You know, whether he wins, well, actually, that's not true. Nate Diaz is not the best of the best, but, <laughs> right. you know, by and large, he has challenged himself to fight, like, really top-level guys that, you know, a lot of people, including me, thought were maybe, was like, man, uh, you know, he may have bit off more than he could chew, even with, like, Eddie Alvarez, and, you know, but he he came out on top. Uh, Aldo, obviously. So, you know, Cerrone is, like, I, I'm a huge Cerrone fan, but, you know, he's definitely a notch down from those guys, so that is interesting to me. I wonder if Connor will, like, be able to like get up for it mentally you know
3: yeah I agree and also a lot of what you said about uh Pettis I started to feel that way about Cerrone too like his fight uh the fight before did he fight Elkins or no I'm sorry not Elkins uh who is the uh the the huge dude he's kind of a newer guy um I'm completely blanking on his name but I I feel like
1: Cowboys last fight what's that I didn't see Cowboy's last fight. Oh,
3: okay. Well, then that's yeah. Then that's either. so he he fought Mike Perry, and for that's me, right. I I was kind of on the same train as you with uh with Pettis, where I I just didn't feel like Cowboy really had the fire, and I know a lot of people were kind of commiserating about um, you know well he's he's doing too many other things, and I don't think fighting's really is not his thing. He's into you know, extreme sports and whatever. Yeah. And so I was a little worried (laughs) that we were just going to kind of see this, uh, this cowboy kind of just deteriorate and and eventually become uh, unwatchable. And then he just came out with this fire against Mike Perry, who I believe was a little beneath cowboy in the first place. I I think that cowboy definitely had the advantage, especially in experience, but uh, he came out angry and hungry. And I think that cowboy that Cowboy versus McGregor would be an incredibly interesting matchup, but any of the previous yeah. Cowboys, I'm a little less interested.
1: See, Cowboy actually has—I would say at 155—has a lot more stopping power than Connor does.
3: Yes, absolutely. Cowboy's
1: just knocked out or submitted a lot of people. I don't know what the percentage is, but you know he has that. He can end a fight at any time in a lot of different ways. Um, so I, I, I would give him the advantage, uh, over Connor. And I think he's probably the bigger guy. He's definitely taller.
2: No. Yeah.
3: Well, he's got kicks that, uh, that Connor needs to watch out for. I mean, not that Connor didn't need to watch out for kicks against, you know, uh, Jose Aldo, but it's, you know, uh, Cerrone just has a, he has got a, in terms of striking a very well-rounded game.
1: Yep. I would watch it. Well, guys, I should go. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't want to keep the uh, lady waiting too much longer. Um, but thank you very much for having me. Uh, let me know when this goes live, and I'll be sure to share it on my end. And uh, definitely keep in touch. I will let you know if I head down to Portland anytime soon. I'm sure I will. Yeah, uh, we'll
2: have you in the studio. It's in, more fun.
1: You come up here and say hi to Mr. Kremit for me.
2: I will, will do. Where can people find you, Finn?
1: They can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash MBA or they can find me on Instagram at Finn McKenty, F I N N M C K E N T Y. Or they can find me at the Starbucks in Woodenville, Washington, every morning.
2: There you go. I'm a Starbucks frequenter <laughs> as well. Me too. I used to fight it as I was young. I was like, I don't want to support this corporation. And then as I, I get older, I support
1: local businesses. I, that, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a local business guy. So Amazon, Microsoft, Starbucks. There
2: you go. Yeah, man. That's hilarious. Well, thanks again, man. You're a busy guy. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Finn. That was a blast. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. All right. Welcome back to the show. I'd like to thank Finn for being on. what a rad guy. Yeah. Jeez Louise. We lucked out. I know, man. What were you saying? That he was your favorite?
3: Yeah, he's my he's my favorite guest that we've had since I started the podcast. Hilarious dad joke.
2: Yeah. That's, that's
3: good stuff, right? That's pretty good. He's, for those that aren't catching on, he's the first one we've had. Yeah, he's the first. So.
2: Yeah, he's the first fucking guest.
3: Yeah. I feel like, I mean, if it's- With, with you. I tried to tell State you, man. State
2: Podcast B. It's,
3: it's, since, you, since you got me, it's going to be baller, and he's, uh, he's example numero uno.
2: Yeah, man. What a rad guy, like just a worker bee, hustler.
3: Yeah, sick dude.
2: Take notes, children. Look at what people like Finn are doing.
3: Yeah, he just follows his heart. That's really all he does.
2: Sincere, you know, and it's it's so rare to see a 40-year-old guy take the love and passion of things that, you know, he loved as a kid, as a teenager, and, you know, condense that into a diamond. A yeah. diamond of ideas for something he can do as an adult and make money off it.
3: Yeah, it's like a twenty-five year long right. diamond. Like he's just know oh, or longer than that, probably. I don't even know.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I love, I just, I, I, lo- I dig his style. The whole like, you know, take ownership of your own responsibility in this thing. It's up to you. You, it's up to you to make things happen, and that's good news. It's no one else's fault but yours.
3: And then on top of that, he's an MMA fan. He's an MMA fan. That tickled me. That was great. We got along swimmingly. Jeez.
2: Go support that guy's YouTube channel, the Punk Rock MBA. That's Merry Boy Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> what is MBA? Is that a bachelor's degree? Is that what that means?
3: I think so. Yeah. I'm dumb. Yep. I think that's what it is. But for so. the longest time, I thought it was NBA, and then I, I, too. I was like, "What does that mean?" Punk I, then rock, I thought it was NBA. just BA. Right. Yeah, I don't know.
2: No, we're pretty stupid.
3: Uh, we maybe should have asked him that.
2: <laughs> that Probably, <might> <laughs> dude. That fucking old lady. Yeah, thing here is super creepy.
3: I like that we decided to have it face us.
2: Yeah, for the listeners, I have a Halloween decoration thing of some creepy old lady that's clearly balding. Yeah, and uh, she's like a maid, I guess.
3: She kind she looks a little bit like Stanley Tucci. I don't. Do you know who that is? <laughs> She's like Stanley Tucci. Uh, she's got <laughs> raccoon eyes, though. I'm gonna look that up. It's oh, so good. Oh man, you're gonna lose it, man. Stanley First photo Tucci. that that comes up, you're gonna be like, "Alan nailed it." <laughs> look, at <that. laughs> look at that. That's oh Stanley my Tucci. God, dude. this is blowing
2: my mind. <laughs> For those who are listening, look up Stanley Tucci, and you'll know what we're looking at right now. <laughs> Stanley Tucci, old lady. Stanley Tucci all day I'm mean, <laughs> uncanny we need a pair of glasses on her oh boy
3: that's sketchy hilarious and i like that her tray is empty it's supposed to like serve kids halloween candy and it's just it's
2: yeah, just nothing
3: yeah it's stanley tucci with a skullet and no candy
2: yeah that's right
3: and staring right at you
2: <laughs> so creepy i think it it moves it i think it's out of batteries but when you Touch it to take yeah. candy off. It yells at you. And goes, I can ah, see that. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. The that's eyes light up and shit. Um, let's do a little current events. Alan Ashcraft. Cool. By the way, motherfuckers, it's Ashcraft, not Ashcroft.
3: Has anybody said Ashcroft?
2: I've heard it a few times already. I'm not gonna <laughs> Me lie. Me too. I'm sure you've heard it a lot. Yeah. In your life. Um, this just in. Not really just in, but this is a new thing that's going on. Spotify is basically trying to become a record label have you heard about this i
3: actually haven't
2: <laughs> it's crazy it, i mean it's like kind of a monumental shift in what's happening these days so spotify is signing original artists they're acting exactly like a label they'll give you money to go make a record and they'll put it direct out on spotify
3: i mean they got how the about money. that yeah they have the money to do it
2: yeah <sighs> The company is offering artists a best-in-class cut of their streaming royalties, but its program is a work in progress. Um, One of their first signings was via Mia Coleman, the American Idol lady, Okay, I guess. She's 17. I've never heard of her. But, yeah. This is Spotify's plan to reshape the music business and its image. For decades, artists have relied on record record labels to help them get airtime on radio and TV stations to sell uh, albums. And then it goes on to say, the year's 10 best-selling albums were all released or distributed by a major label, but now that streaming accounts for 75% of the U.S. market. Wow. And the world's largest, Spotify, is betting that can change. I would have think that would be more by now.
3: So does it say who else they've, they've signed?
2: Um... Not that I see. I I've heard I heard about it a couple months ago. So
3: Haitian DJ yeah. Michael Brun.
2: See all these people I don't know. Like yeah. why would they sign people that no one knows about?
3: You know it's funny we haven't heard about them, but I bet if we went to their Spotify pages, they have like ten million streams per song. Yeah, there's right. a lot of that. I just found out about. Uh... Oh man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slaughter the name. I think it's, I know first name's Billy, and I think it's Eilish, uh, and she's massive. She's 16 years old.
2: And it's, it blows my mind. These yeah, people just, that I have no idea who they are, and they're huge.
3: It's so hard to, yeah. I think it's Eilish. Um, she currently, she just released a song, but I mean, her streams are unreal. She's got one with a uh, Khalid, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, 269 million streams. Yeah, she's insane numbers monstrous she writes a lot of, her brother writes a ton of songs he's a he's a producer himself and she teams up with him and it's just like really like haunting vocals and she's unreal talented she also seems at least 10 years older than what what she is but uh mm-hmm. yeah that's
2: all over the place really hard to keep up it's nuts this article goes on to say too kind of interesting of course the direct upload plan isn't altru altruistic Spotify, which is on track to lose more than 170 million this year, pays out more than 70% of its monthly sales to right holders. The direct upload system up Spotify's take even as it delivers 50% to the artists, which typically get more like 15% to 20% under their old system. Jeez Louise. The, I, yeah, they're like in the hole. <laughs> Spotify's not making any money.
3: Yeah. I, Which yeah, is crazy because you always see like, at least my my Twitter feed is is just full of like
2: I know band like the,
3: dudes that I follow that they take a picture of their their royalty statement
2: and it's and like, like one we we're on cent. a Spotify playlist dude that's such a huge deal now yeah so that's that's a little music news for you sick did you hear about uh, <laughs> I always think of how uh, Chris D'elia pronounces his name oh six 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 nine he
3: does it multiple yeah so it's tenkashi six ten, nine but he'll say like uh bloshi 72, 72 yeah
2: and it was refers to it as her
3: yeah yeah how
2: do you how would i even type his name uh six, like that
3: just do like you could
2: how do you pronounce his name
3: i think it's is it tenkashi six nine
2: well, but it's six ix nine i n e.
3: Like part of me is like I should know this, and the other part of me is like, why, dude? Yeah, he's why? in prison. Who gives a fuck? Like, he he hasn't been important to me since he's been a thing. I don't know.
2: Brooklyn rapper <laughs> seventy two arrested on racket racketeering charges.
3: Cool racketeering. Another word that cool. I don't know the definition. I don't. What does that mean?
2: Yeah, it's not the '30s. I don't know what that means.
3: Yeah, it's tough.
2: Um, I don't know what this is, but apparently he's going to prison. it Sounds like,
3: yeah,
2: that's cool. Uh, he's participated in multiple acts of violence over the past eight months. Oh, really? Cool. As <laughs> a surprise. Oh, the the picture of him wouldn't tell me that at all, by his rainbow dyed hair. Look yeah. at that asshole. Yeah. Oh boy.
3: I have a friend who's positive that's that this guy's just at. he's just trolling. Like this isn't him. And for me I'm I could kind of see that, you know. It's Ugh. it's twenty eighteen, this is how we this is how we do it. But also, like what a fucking commitment. I know. Like I I like trolling just as much as the next guy, but
2: I just like thinking of him going to prison. He's going to get his ass pounded. P pa pa pounded. Yeah. Oh he's Look at gonna... that guy. He's a fresh piece of meat. Mhm. Yeah. He's a little tart.
3: He is. God damn.
2: Imagine being a giant, you know, like, seven-foot big old bro in prison. You haven't had any tang for a year. This guy's going to get
3: it. He coming in there with his rainbow hair,
2: and that's
3: is. a lot of color.
2: A lot of – simply too much color. Yeah. I don't get it. His music sucks. Right? Am I wrong? Am I no, just
3: no, it, it does. It does. It for does, sure. It Uh clearly. He uh, – I mean, this is this is how you, you merge a couple subjects – He's got a he's got a song called Gucci Gang. And Ugh. then our our buddy Pete Davidson from the last episode, he parodied that with Tucci Gang. <laughs> All about Stanley Tucci.
2: No way. What's the fucking yeah. chance? Look at me
3: merging shit, dude. Dude, that's fucking amazing.
2: Fucking
3: natural. Yeah, you could uh SNL and then Whoa. uh Tucci Gang. And it's him and uh it's let's... him and Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell plays Stanley Tucci. They couldn't get him uh they couldn't get him there, but Sam Rockwell. Oh, is he the
2: Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci yep. Gang? That yep, guy? yep, yep. T- t- just an awful song. Yeah,
3: 100%. I mean, it's...
2: Oh, I thought that was Lil Pump. That's a different guy. Um, you know what? You know what? They look very similar. It's all the same to, to me. To be fair, they're, they look... They're all... I mean... Here's the problem. They're hyper, all trash. They're all garbage yeah. with hyper-color hair. Let's go,
3: let's go with it. Let's just say that, that was still him. <laughs> just, just refuse to put in anything other than Tenkashi 6 9 Gucci Gang. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, so good Oh, God, dude, that's how much I care I don't know
2: Okay, let's listen to one of Kikashi. 6
0: i am
2: actually kind of not mad at this Yeah, the gunshots are whatever We're gonna get taken off YouTube for
3: this, huh? This is the most thug reason to get taken off YouTube, though There's talk. no way that's his voice. No, there's no, no way. No, he's a tiny person. I know my voice is deeper than his, so that that's not real. Look at his face. That Dude, guy. Look does how many
2: it. views that has. What is that number?
3: What are we at? I can't even read that.
2: That is three hundred eight million four hundred seventy thousand nine hundred twenty-four wow. views. A lot
3: of dumbasses out there,
2: man. a lot of numbers. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of dumbos out there for sure. Ugh, <laughs> tin Tinkashi six nine, Timblashi eight four. So good, so fucking good. Whatever. All right, well, fuck that guy. Moving on. Um, <laughs> have you seen the the guy that got arrested and people are his mugshot is going viral with the wide neck? Oh, the, the, the neck, neck, neck guy? Yeah. yeah, dude. I heard this on the fighter and the kid. Titan neck. <laughs> I mean, it's unreal. Okay. I saw
3: an article where he was like, yo, thank you, Internet. I'm getting more ass than I've ever gotten in my life. Is that right? Yeah, and that made me so happy for some reason. Oh. <laughs> you know what I... see? the whole team, the whole city.
0: Three big brother, man, fly
2: Look how big make his make. neck is. Shout They'll out show it, it a little bit more. gave
0: me a change, baby.
2: <laughs> yeah, we got to talk, talk about this. Up. Like, what? Yeah. That's... But hell, it is what it is. Shout out to you. That's more than just being a buff, dude. His neck is like, as big as my, almost as big as my shoulders.
0: Yeah. Widthwise. What it's is that neck? So y'all, I can't all y'all, so here. Like, it's
2: got like, like, to be genetic, which is so <laughs> impressive. I'm the city, all the comments are so fucking. That's like bigger than, nine, uh, like the dude from Cannibal Corpse. He's, He's got a big man, ass neck, but
0: it's even man. bigger. See that man.
2: I yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Shout out to Ashley Buck. What was this one called? Haven't understood yeah. one word he yeah. said. Not not one single word. I've streets, but you the neck of Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I yes, heard yes, neck. Yes, 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 yes. Man with...
3: You got a big-ass neck. Project those words. What are you doing?
2: Yeah.
0: Neck.
3: I saw a meme that was like, this motherfucker looks like he could swallow
2: peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, all the comments Straight are so goddamn it. funny.
3: Like, where are we at where, like...
2: I think this man was neglected as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Like, this is news. Like, this is uh, huge. We've seen this video so many times. We've seen... Yeah. This dude is a meme.
2: Yeah.
3: This is where we're at.
2: I think it's just that things are so fucking bizarre now. Yeah. That, like, this is a change of... This is a... It's like a dessert.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, all of California's on fire. Yeah, exactly. That's really dark. And then it's like, yeah, no, true, that sucks. You see that dude with the big-ass neck? You see that dude with the big-ass neck? That's that crazy, crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah, it's... Complashi
2: uh... 854 <laughs> is going to prison. Yeah. Did <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see this uh F3, you know, Formula 3? No. Racing? Oh, yeah. It's
3: brutal. Yeah, you know what's crazy but not really? Female driver. Yeah. It was a female driver.
2: Yeah, it's a like a hot female driver.
3: I mean, Jeez. as if the stereotype isn't strong enough, like, you have a responsibility. Yeah. As a female driver, like, you got to maybe not rock it through a parking garage or whatever that was that she,
2: Absolutely. she smashed through. It's, um. what was her name? Sophia. She's 17, I know that. Oh, that's right. She's only 17?
3: Yeah. No. She needs to calm down. Whoever gave her the keys to a Formula One race car needs to calm down. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's right. Watch. And how does she she catch air? Dude, it's crazy how high she goes. Is there a ramp only for her? It looks like it. Oh, I think she hits this car or something. It's the same colors. It's one of the same team but we don't think it is. Another crash at Lizard. Everyone else is slowing down and taking the corner with caution. This guy's voice is so funny. On and, ooh, no life goes on. Car gone oh, wait, did she already crash?
1: We are stop here of the fence.
2: They'll show it.
3: She, she touched Deruvala's car.
2: Okay, so she hit a car and then that started to spin out. These are the consequences, it says. Like, that somebody turned this one incident into a Tarantino video. I know. Just show us the clip. Yeah, there's shit. Oh! Come on! Fuck me! Look how high that is! Come on! I mean, that's like close to almost three stories. Like, that's one, two stories. She caught air. Oh, my. But apparently she's okay. She's like a fractured spine, but she's not dead. Somehow.
3: I mean, that's, that's like... awesome. I don't, I don't want her to die, but. Oh,
2: look at! How did she not hit everyone there? All these angles. That's
3: what it is. Another car was a ramp. Brutal. That's oh, That's the downside of you text your boyfriend for the sixth time. I don't know. What do you want to eat? And then, boom, you're in the middle of a parking garage, just jammed up in it.
2: Jammed up. And somehow not Jam- dead. That's awesome. Yep. Yep.
3: Yep. 17. Yep. You're Googling Japanese man marries house?
2: Japanese man marries house.
3: <laughs> Did he really marry a house? No, he marries... Hologram. Yeah. That's so much more Japanese. Yeah, this is fucking $18,000 wedding ceremony.
2: Japanese man marries Get computer-generated hologram hologram in $18,000 wedding ceremony. A 35-year-old man in Japan married a computer-generated singing software that resembles a 16-year-old anime pop star.
0: Mm. That's
2: tough. Named Hatsune Miku in a $18,000 wedding ceremony with nearly 40 guests.
3: 40 people showed up showed up for that shit. Uh yeah, dude! I'll support uh, it.
2: What time? God They said the mom would not wouldn't show up. Well,
3: yeah, no shit.
2: Clearly, is this the wedding?
1: Their wedding. His bride is Hatsune Miku, <laughs> that's it. Virtual reality star in Japan with thousands of loyal fans. Oh, that's it. She was developed as a computer-generated singing software that resembles a sixteen-year-old Dude, this is like the movie Her. Star. Creator, yeah.
3: Do
0: you see that movie? Yeah, in I loved it. This is so creepy. <laughs> I mean, this is where we're headed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not headed
3: that way. What are you talking yeah, about? I,
2: I I don't mean we, like me and you, but the world. Look at that.
3: Yeah, cool. There's there's your beautiful wife. So there's
2: your wife. You get to not fuck. <laughs>
3: she's the size of a she's the size of a remote control. That's the thing. And she's tiny and she's not real. No, not real. Oh, and he is in love. That's Dude, so creepy. That is such a bummer. Oh, she's buffering right now. He was trying to talk <laughs> to her. He was trying to talk to her, but her image was buffering. That's so Fuck impressive. him. Fuck her.
2: Yeah, fuck him all. Asshole.
3: Oh, she's sipping fake wine.
1: Oh, he's drinking
3: with her. I cute. Just firebomb the whole, just that whole thing.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, very and creepy. And why is it
2: a 16-year-old? Yeah, that is interesting. Like, he chose that. <laughs> oh, yeah, she hear what she was saying? Japan's declining population? Japan, so they have, like, a problem with... Like, at most people are single in Japan right now. It said something about the percentage of people that are single.
3: Well, it's probably hard as a woman to find a man when they're looking for software to marry.
2: Yeah, apparently... Uh, Everyone, you know, most people in Japan are focused on, like, careers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people aren't giving birth <laughs> to kids and stuff. So it says, in sexless Japan, almost half of single young men and women are virgins. Half. Yeah, a survey of Japanese people aged 18 to 34 found that almost 70% of unmarried men and 60% of unmarried women are not in a relationship. That's pretty crazy. That is. That's a lot. Uh, Moreover, many of them have never got close or cuddly. Around 42% of of the men and 44.2% of the women admitted they were virgins. Of what age? What age bracket was that? 18 to 34. 34 is simply too old to not have had sex or even your dick touched.
3: Dude, so I used to be uh, a... A... security guard at a community college.
2: Oh yeah, that's right.
3: And there were these uh it was a sick job. But towards the end of my employment there there were these two <laughs> I ju- i just imagine them listening to this, which what are the odds, but I fucking hope they do at the same time. Uh <laughs> this this pair of twins, two two male twins. They were uh you know, quite portly. They were overweight and uh redhead. And they would talk to me all the time about how going to Japan was uh, it was awesome for them. They would go over there for a small period of time. They would be English teachers, and all they would talk about though wasn't their time as English teachers or what the students were like or the culture, but just how they as walking, just walking down the street, they were anomalies. They visually looked very odd because they were incredibly white, fat, redhead right. American males, and then just the amount of ass that they would pull in as those anomalies. And they loved it. They were just like, uh, they're just serial killers about it. They were like, oh, we can just get, we can get so many. That's what they would say. We can get so many. Uh, and I felt like they stopped themselves before the words victims. <laughs> like, and they would tell me this shit on my lunch break. And I'm like, cool, dude. Cool guys. Real creepy. Ugh. Just so bizarre. So every time I hear about uh, Japan, I, I just think about those two.
2: That's gross. Yeah, I feel weird
3: now. I kind of wonder what they're doing. They're probably in Japan right now. Probably
2: in Japan, getting victims. Or Just
3: yeah, they're software developers.
2: <laughs> I know it's always weird, right? When you see like, I used to work with this guy. He was middle aged at best. He was probably even older, like sixty or older or something. And he was as gross of a person as you can imagine. White, like clammy guy. Balding. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Gut, These guys were too, yeah. Just super, super gross. And he had a very, very young like Filipino wife. Yeah. Or something. It was like you know, she obviously married him to get a visa situation. Yeah. And he'd always show us pictures of it and stuff and just like oh, that poor girl. She was like yeah. 20, dude. And he had like three sets of kids from three separate wives. It's a real dirtbag.
3: Maybe she's got a thing for uh, middle-aged, creepy, weird-smelling.
2: I, I just hope she got her visa, divorced his ass, and got half his shit. Yeah. I just watched a
3: documentary about guys that they go to Thailand and uh, they, they like, hook up. Like, they go to a spa where only women looking for those types of men go. And then, what do you mean?
2: Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like rich yeah. – uh, yeah, sugar sugar yeah. daddies or whatever. So,
3: yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, to be rich over there, you need like a $40,000 a year job. Like yeah. you don't have to you're, – yeah. you're Donald Trump over there if you have that. And, uh, yeah, they would just fall in love. It was just such a – I was kind of enamored with the just the, the lack of maturity and shit on their end. Like they were mature enough to be adults and go out and get jobs and be successful and, and develop, uh, you know, a checking account and, and a savings account and build their – Their income, but then when it came to a woman, they were just so, uh, like giggly and just kind of like, I have money. Do you love me? And the woman'd be like, Yeah, of course, because I need to survive. I love you. And then shit would fall apart inevitably because there's not a real connection there. And the guys would be like legit heartbroken. They didn't see that shit coming. And I was just fascinated by that. Like, there's those people out there all the time. There's a guy right now, as you and I are talking. It is scouring the internet for some woman that doesn't know enough about him to not be attracted to him. Right. And just and just knows that he makes a little money and she's like, Yeah, cool. I'll come to America and pretend to love you for six months or however long I need to to bail and
2: it's weird. It is really weird. Yeah, there is a I think we were talking about Vice earlier. I'm pretty sure they did a piece on sugar daddies and sugar mamas, sugar mommies. It was mostly young women going to rich men and that was the that was it like that mm-hmm. was the deal i mean it was out in the open yeah. and they're not technically prostitutes right but the men shower them with gifts pay for like their college tuition buy them a car cover their rent you know i got it covered baby yeah as long as they suck that d and date them and hang out with them but if there's no like agreed, so technically it's it's not illegal right they can just go date them, and, like, these women, they're, like, some of them are going to law school. Like, they're, they they want to be doctors, and they're just ah, very open about cause it. It's tough, too, because
3: it's, like, you kind of respect the hustle, I guess. A little bit, yeah. They're, like, yeah. S-
2: they're 10 out of 10 smoke show women. Yeah. Who, they're just very honest about it. They're, like, yeah, look, I mean, I get along with Steve, but, uh, you know, we're not going to be together forever. He he adores me, and I adore him, and, you know, he takes care of me. He, he, he. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking weird, man. Really, it is bizarre.
3: I'm I'm real big on people just kind of playing the cards that they're dealt. Sure, and sometimes that hand looks like you know you're a ten, but you grow up in an area where you have no resources.
2: I guess other than your looks, yeah.
3: so you go somewhere where other people have resources to pay for your time,
2: and, and it's it's your body, it's your life. Yeah, I'm very libertarian on that that kind of stuff. Like, there's got to
3: be consequences to the whole thing, but
2: they, you know, but that's their fault. That's yeah, right, their, and that
3: happens to them. Their life. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I could never do that. I would just constantly be like, you're just here for the money, because they are.
2: Because they are. But
3: I think that the opposite, the the difference, rather, of me and those dudes is that I'm constantly calling them out for what it is, whereas a lot of those guys are kind of turning a blind eye. They're doing the opposite. They're convincing themselves that those women are super into it, (laughs) which, you know, whatever you got to do, I guess. I don't know.
2: Did you hear about this, uh, Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of n- New York City, he donates a record $1.8 billion to John Hopkins University.
3: I did hear about this. I didn't, I didn't dive into it at all. But Isn't that nuts? That's a fair amount of money.
2: Fair amount. <sighs> Entrepreneur and former New York City mayor Michael Bloomberg said he donated a record one. billion. I just said that because students denied entry to college due to finances, quote, undermines equal opportunity. That's pretty fucking cool. I mean, Jesus, yeah. that's record. I mean, it is his. What was I called? Al, alma, alma mater. Oh, alma mater. Alma, yeah. alma mar, mater. Yeah. Um. This will make admissions at Hopkins forever need. Forever need blind finances will never again factor into decisions. Wrote Bloomberg. Crazy.
3: How about college is just a
2: scam? Like. Mm-hmm.
3: It's so br- – I have so many friends that are like, I got 80000 in debt. I'm like, for what? For what? What did you get out of that? For what?
2: I know. It's so nuts. Meanwhile, they could have just worked and, like, gotten an experience and, well, you know, be and an interned or I don't know.
3: Yeah, and I'm not calling those people stupid, man. No, of course I, not. I drank that Kool-Aid too They're where I was like – There was kidding. a long time where before I worked at Rise, I tell, I tell my friends all the time when this shit comes up, like, I couldn't get design jobs that I didn't want. I remember applying at like trucking companies and mm-hmm. shit and like all kinds of shit. And I'm just like, I don't even want this job and I can't get it. Right. And I really, I put a lot of that uh, on the fact that I didn't have a, a college degree, but yeah.
2: I just, it's definitely mattering less and less. Yeah. There, w- there definitely was a time not all that long ago where it really did matter. Yeah. But we're a- quickly approaching a time where that, you know, and most employers I know are people who are hiring people. That doesn't, especially in what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. I, Finn talked about that in one of his, his videos. How, you know, like if you want to work as a recording engineer, for example, or music producer or whatever it is. Yeah, you can go to audio school. Like a lot of those guys do that. You know, I'd say half of the producers I know went to some sort of trade school to learn like 101 engineering or whatever. That's fine, and I'm sure that's, you know, and you ask him, but most of them will say, like, yeah, but that had nothing to do with me getting a job, like, mm-hmm. at all. It had nothing to do with me being a good producer. Right, at yeah. At all. Um, So, I don't know. It just depends on what you want to do. Like, if if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor, or that kind of thing, then, yeah, you have to go to school. Like, that's, that's just the deal. But if you want to do anything outside of that, like... Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a lot of debt to start your life out with.
3: Yeah, that is an interesting point. Like, a lot of creative shit, you can just go to what's commonly referred to as YouTube University. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you don't see that with, uh, nor would you want to, I guess, see that with, uh, like, surgeons. No. Like, how pumped would you be if your surgeon no. was like, dude, it's all going to be fine. I I've YouTubed watched- <laughs> it earlier.
2: Jesus Christ. I'm
3: good to go. Uh, I, it's fresh. I, I know what I know what's up. That, that's a thing where you're just like, no, man, I need you to have gone to Harvard for or 700 Yale. years. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But then it's like, dude, I'm going to make a t shirt design for your band. I fucking, you know, I did some stuff for Limp Biscuit once. And you're just like, oh, dude. Oh,
2: cool. Sounds great.
3: Yeah. That's like if you went to Harvard, perfect.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you take a a kid that went to school, it has a, a four year degree in. What, what would that degree be? Does some sort of design degree graph I mean that design yeah, like uh
3: what the shit was it when I it was just like applied arts, I think yeah I mean yeah, which isn't even that gonna
2: hire who the kid that's been busting his ass yeah, working with a bunch of artists and and growing your portfolio or this kid right out of school? Well,
3: I've talked to creative directors too. there's certain creative yeah. directors that are like, listen, if I'm hiring somebody i sometimes I don't want the guy that's gone to college for four years and been told by a college how I want them to behave and how I want them to think and how I want them to act when they finally get to my agency. Right. Sometimes a really hungry 18 year old that uh, wants this job more than the 24 year old with a degree, they're the better choice because they're just a little more pliable.
2: Right. Absolutely.
3: So you just, I mean, in a weird way, you can't fucking win if you try, you know, I went okay. to college, you know, I spent eighty thousand, yeah, cool, we don't want you you're uh yeah, you're cool. too conditioned by that college, oh, okay, cool, I'll go fuck myself, <laughs> and then some other kid is like, "Hey, I spent no money, what's up?" And they're like, "Yeah, we need you to have a degree though, like no money that means you don't really want this job, and so it's like it's that's why it really like I said with Finn earlier. It was just uh, it was me being right place right time for a lot of the shit that I got. Yep. And I would argue that networking in so many situations oh, is teenage. more important than education. Yep. You need them both
2: obviously. I think it's just a a, a delicate balance, you know, like yeah. you were in the right place at the right time, but you also took advantage of that time and place. Yeah, you know, well, because you can be right place, right you.
3: time for a small period of time. For a small period of time. You can get there and, and not fucking work out, and then they're like, all right, bye. You yep. were right place, right time to get the opportunity, and then you shit all over that opportunity by not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. So for me, I I was well prepared. I had been, I had been a freelancer for a decade by the time I got that job. So I came in, like, supremely confident to where I felt right. above that place. You know, I, I remember my first gig was making all the band logos from a a PNG to a vector file. And it was like, I'll do it. But I mean, let me design something like this is
2: pay me to do that.
3: Yeah. You're you're starting me too small, but I get that they were just kind of feeling me out. And then, uh, right. I just said, I'm going to, I'll stay quiet, do my thing. And then, uh, I'll, I'll build up. And then eventually I did and everything was all good. But I think that's, that's the key is just knowing how to kind of bide your time and, and, uh, act accordingly.
2: Uh, a hard turn because you know how I like to be random. Let's do We're it. Both ADD boys here. <laughs> Have you ever seen this YouTube video called Jessica's Daily Affirmation?
3: Oh yeah, is this where she's like, "I'm so beautiful and yeah, I'm great and everybody I can do likes
2: anything. me"? Yo, this is the
3: shit. I love that you pulled it's, this up. This is old as fuck too. This it's, isn't he? super old. This it's is not like even new. Old YouTube.
2: Yeah. Something. I don't know what happened the other day, but I thought of this video and I watched it. <laughs> Dude. There's nothing better than this fucking video. This video is great. Every time I watch it, there's nothing I she can do. She sort of
3: runs out of shit to yell at herself in the mirror and yeah. just kind of pulls shit yeah. out of thin air. and.
2: She's super, super cute. It's the best video ever. Jessica's Daily Affirmation.
3: Look, I can be a shark. Now my whole house is great.
1: I
2: can do anything good. I can
1: like my school. I like anything. I like my dad. I like my cousins. I like my aunts. I like my Allison's. I like my mom. I like my sisters. I like my dad.
3: I like my hair. I like my haircuts. I like my pajamas. I like my stuff. I like my room.
2: She claps. My whole house
3: is great. I can do anything good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can do anything good. But
2: my hero. Oh. This, what, six-year-old kid, whatever so she is. She's my fucking hero, man. I can do anything good. Clap, clap, stop. <sighs> so stomp. stomp yeah. She's the best. Yeah, We could it's, all learn a lot from her.
3: I mean, as a 32-year-old, I'm like, at what point does does life show her that she's wrong? But of it's, course, it's super it's sweet. Super adorable. I think that's what we love about it is, oh, I remember when I used to be that positive about shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that's when dark. life hadn't completely pissed on the top of my head. Yeah,
2: that's very true.
3: But, I mean, that's what we love about kids is that it it, is. in a sick Absolutely. way, they haven't learned that shit no. sucks. And that, that they can't you do anything have? good. Never
2: Hope? Yeah, dude. I mean, vaguely.
3: Yeah. I had a
2: lot of hope when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I thought so, like, I don't know. I just thought that I was going to do the best things ever, and, like, you know, the future was so exciting. Yeah. Oh, boy.
3: (laughs) I used it. My mom used to do this thing. I can't even believe I'm about to share this shit on this. This is because I'm my third beer in, and then I'm going to share this right now, but...
1: Uh, my mom
3: used to do this thing. This is why I'm the monster that I am. That's what my friends would tell you. This is why you're a cocky piece of shit. But uh my mom used to tell me to come over I'd be like three. She's like, Come sit on my lap and I'd sit on her lap and she would just take my hands and she'd go, These are the hands of a rocket scientist or or maybe a doctor. And she would just
2: like uh, my mom was the same. And she way. would just tell me like There's or nothing you can't
3: do or or you maybe uh you are the um the maestro of the world's biggest and most successful symphony, and I didn't realize she was Tony Robbinsing the this, this <laughs> shit out of me at the time, like just f- going full Oprah. Uh,
2: and, and you're like, yeah,
3: I carry that with me now. So like, I somebody do doesn't agree with me, and I'm like, bro, bro look at my understand. hands. Look at
2: my hands. My mom These are the me.
3: hands of a fucking <laughs> doctor, and you're gonna tell me I'm wrong right now? Like, in a weird way, it's kind of been a very negative thing. And I've, I know it is. I agree with you. It's, I mean, it's ruined every yes, relationship ruined I've ever. For me. Yeah.
2: yeah, no one will live up to my mom. It's love bad news. Ever, I
3: tell my mom all the time, like, thank you, but also fuck you, yeah, because uh, yeah. my wife I can't live
2: a goddamn life. Can never live up to you. Yeah, not in a million years. Mm-hmm. And Ashley knows that. Yeah, she knows.
3: God, I know it's, it's tough. And the thing is, you oh. know. You know as as the person That's the worst part. Yeah, you you find out okay, it was a little bit bullshit, but what yeah. was the message? The message is that I'm I'm a good guy, like I'm capable of things. So it's you try but it's yeah, it's tough. If you're a realist, you're just like, ah, oh, Jesus, I'm actually a fucking I'm a piece of shit and I'm fallible like any other human yeah. being. Yeah. But you try not to steer the boat too hard like into just complete fucking depression
2: and No, but the truth is like you know, we were talking about the Defiant Ones last episode. Yeah. Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. One of the things Jimmy Iovine always talks about, and it's a quote in the show, he talks about using that fear is a very powerful tool. Yes. And that using fear as a headwind instead of a tailwind is super powerful.
3: Yeah. It, what's funny is that's actually the line that I connected with the most as yeah. well.
2: It's, it's huge for me because yeah. it's like, like doing the show. I get a little nervous every time we do it. Yeah. Every single time. And I have to take a moment to step out in the hallway or I go to the bathroom and I do my Jessica's daily affirmation in the mirror. Yep. I can do this. I can do anything good. Yep. Slap, slap. I love my hair. Clap, clap, I, love I love my, my penis. Hair. I love James. <laughs> I love my stomach. And I love how fat I am. I love it, I'm 35. And then I go in and I kill it. No, but in all seriousness, that, that is a very powerful tool. You know, like, I'm here just like everyone else is. I have every right to be here. Uh, my father in law once said something to me that's he's like a Louisiana good old boy. You oh, know, nice. He basically shoots it straight. He literally shoots. Like, he's oh, a big okay. gun guy. He's got a, a shotgun slug in his foot still from when he was a kid. <laughs> he basically had to raise himself and his two brothers from the time he was 14 in the Louisiana yeah, swamp. Like, that's... real hard life. And when I was thinking about starting stateside. I'm like, yeah, this idea for a company, and I don't know, it just feels so silly, like, who the fuck am I, what am I even talking about, like, starting a company, I'm just some jack off, and he looked at me, he's like, well, James, um, what, what are companies, I'm like, what do you mean, Don, he's like, well, companies are made up of people, right, I go, yeah, he's like, well, you're a person, aren't you, I go, yeah, he's like, okay, then, you can do it too, like, <laughs> he just made it so simple, like, yeah, yeah. it's just, there's no actual difference, you know, skill, true. natural ability, all that comes into factor, sure. But we all have just as much of a right to be here, a right to try the things that we think are outside our, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like,
3: 100%. I was watching an interview today with uh, the fucking, I am so bad with names tonight, but the guy that's it's called uh,
2: Podcast Brain.
3: God damn, dude. That's also three beers in. Dude that started Facebook. What was his name? Mark something?
2: Mark Zuckerberg.
3: Zuckerberg, yeah. Super common last name. Don't know how I couldn't remember that. Real common. Uh, but I, uh, I was watching an interview with him, and I was like, dude, he sucks a little bit, like, at talking. And, yeah. like, he also – I saw a meme that is the most fucking – typically memes are just so down the middle and, like, you've heard it before. Yeah. But this was the most on-point, specific, unique meme. It said Mark Zuckerberg looks like every character in a zombie movie who has been bitten, but he's trying to hide it from the crew. And when you look at him, he's <laughs> pale as shit, and he looks nervous. Like someone's going, bro, were you bitten? And he's like, no, no, dude, I'm good. And he's sweating and shaky. Anyway, I'm watching him talk. I was like, he looks like shit. He's not a very good speaker. He seems nervous all the time. But he's a goddamn billionaire. Like he, right. he is – all those qualities I just listed are somebody that shouldn't be uh, successful. But he is because he said fuck it and just went for it. Yeah, there it is.
2: Mark Zuckerberg always looks like the guy in a zombie movie who's been bitten but is trying to keep it a secret from everyone. <laughs> yeah.
3: His head is Let's swelling a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He's pale as fuck. Dude, that is unbelievably. It's funny. one of my
3: favorite memes I've ever seen where I'm just like, that is sharp. So accurate. Yeah. But I mean, to anyway. your point, it's like, we, we, so, it's so easy for us to be like, I'm just Alan. I'm just right. James. Like, right. no one wants to hear my shit. Listen. Mark Zuckerberg, so many people don't want to fucking hear from him, not but soul. he said, people need to hear from me, and then it just fucking worked out, like, and that's, that's how I feel about what you're doing and everything I've done, where it's like, uh, yeah, maybe not, but let's go for it, like, just, who cares?
2: Exactly, this kid is just some dork.
3: And, and it only worked out because he gave it a shot. Because he gave it a shot. Like, right, that meme right time. there wouldn't exist if he had the same thought that you had about Stateside, where you're just like— I know.
2: And it's a bummer, because you think of, like, all the potential people have and all the times people don't do something. Yeah. Like, all the things that we don't know even exist. The, f- the equivalent to Facebook that could have been.
3: Yeah. You know? All the some... people
2: whose moms
3: didn't set them on their laps <laughs> and turn them into fucking serial killers. <laughs> like, that is—that's is heartbreaking.
2: Luckily, our moms did. <laughs> Luckily, they did. Because I can do anything yeah. I want, Alan. Alan, you could easily capable. dismember
3: any young, beautiful brunette girl no and one hide her know. body. No one would know. You're, You're so too smart. charming. Police would question you, and oh, you yeah. would charm them right out of their socks.
2: Yeah, my mom would say things like, I mean, like she, we were talking about like Paul McCartney's. I mean, she, I mean, she really thought I was the equivalent to that. <laughs> so like, I could just do anything yeah. I wanted. Yeah. And
3: Dude, that's where it all starts. Somebody yeah. told Mark the same thing, and he fucking started
2: Facebook. Gary, like, Very, we were talking about Gary Vee, but he talks about all the time that his his mom was the same way. Yeah, he had this upbringing of just like, you know, like he would get bad grades, and his mom wouldn't care so much. Mm-hmm. But if he if he was mean to someone, she would lose her mind.
3: Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and if he did something great, or if he did something nice and compassionate, she would just shower him with praise. Yeah, yeah. My, my mom was the same way. She didn't really care about grades and stuff like that as much. She cared about, like, me doing the right thing. And being, so, I mean, it, it, it is good. Like, a lot of the things our parents did for us are good. Oh, totally. But maybe a little bit of reality in there would have been nice.
3: Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it, it all comes down to just stirring the soup, dude. You got to – you know, reality rushes in, and your parents can't protect you or prepare you for no. 100% of life. That's right. But the older I get, the more I realize, for me at least – Getting older isn't about growing more or experiencing more. It's about stripping away some of those experiences that built up this negative connotation about myself. So so many people get to like 30, 35 and they're like, "Oh, I've only learned as much as a 30, 35-year-old. I need to get like I need to get more experience. I need to get more intelligent." And for me, it's not about adding to. It's about taking away from. That's a
2: very interesting. Something happens that's in your
3: teens. That's, yeah. Because, dude, think about it. I mean, we've all been through elementary school, middle school, high school. Those are fucking tiny prisons for kids where oh my God. we're all just uh, assaulting each other verbally. Yeah, it's the worst. Making each other feel so small and insignificant. You need to spend your 30s chipping away at a lot of those insecurities that are built up at an early age. And then taking away that shit shows those layers of who you truly are.
2: I love that, man. Too I many people want it. They
3: want to, like, glue shit onto the side of right. who they it's are. Like,
2: take it away. Yeah, peel, peel just remove onion. it.
3: Pull it back.
2: Right. I think that's so true, man. Because I always think about, <laughs> I always joke with my wife, like, you mean you both have ADD and we're all over the place. Yeah. But I always talk about the, like, the Super James. Yeah. The version of me that I know is in there. Mm-hmm. That I, I would be the most fucking productive person in the world. I could. The it, Jessica th- in the mirror thing. Yeah. Like I, I know that's in me somewhere. And if I peel away that insecure 15 year old version of me, if I, you know, peel away that scared kid of, uh, who, uh, that's just, you know, shielding the, the real me, then eventually you can get there. I, I think that's, that's spot on, man. It's, yeah,
3: it's a big deal. That's 100% how I feel too. I know what I'm capable of. There's situations that I absolutely thrive in. And then there's situations where I am super uncomfortable. And then I have to unpack that in therapy terms, you know, know. you unpack something and you kind of figure out, all right, where is this coming from? What this feeling is, it's is an emotional memory or it's something real. It's something from my childhood or whatever. So much is from my childhood. And so much of the bullshit that we feel about ourselves, it's, it's negative self-talk every time yeah. we're not on our own team. Right. And I've noticed that, uh, you know, my, my big thing, I have so many close friends that, uh, they'll, they'll tell me like, dude, you're so great at like coaching and like helping people. And, and while I love that, it's an incredible compliment. I will think about how I don't have that control over my own life. And that is I do the same thing. That's so common too. I'm yeah. not even, that's not even an anomaly at all. We're all so good at giving advice from the outside in. But our, it's, it's so much more difficult to take our own advice and just – I've been working a lot lately at just, like, that positive self-talk of, like
2: – It's everything, man. And I think for me, like, you know, Fight Club is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, and a lot of my close friends always <laughs> refer to as, like, the Fight Club generation because that movie is really about hitting rock bottom.
3: Yeah, and the, the whole, relationship with yourself.
2: Yeah, you the whole point of it is supposed to strip away all that shit, like you're talking about, going, in, getting in. How the whole point of like, what do you know about yourself unless you've been in a fight? You know, like the the pain and that difficult part of life is what you should actually go and try to seek out, so you go learn something about yourself, and and to not like all like self. There's a line in the movie, self improvement is is masturbation. You know, right, like, yeah. It's it's but it's not true. And I and no. I love the movie, but it is just a movie.
3: I, I love that sentiment. I, I love it. like too. from a comedic standpoint, I get it. Right. But no, it's not but at it's all. Not, it's, because it's so much more painful than masturbation. Yes. Masturbation is the shit from beginning to end. Yeah. Self improvement fucking blows for the first it's half. Tough. And then is dope at the very end.
2: That's right. Yep. And doing things that are good for yourself is not bad. It doesn't right. – it's not vain, you know, eating well, working out, going to therapy, reading books, all these Dude. things that will help you. That's that's a good thing. It's taken me 32 <laughs> it's years. It's me so long to realize that,
3: It's taken though. me 32 years to get to a point where, like, self-care aren't bad words. I know. And you even it see, like – so icky to me. You even see fucking, like, mainstream, iconic, even – uh, f- oh, my God. Once again, name that I can't goddamn remember. Well,
2: you're doing a podcast. Uh
3: there. The fucking, the, he just died. He dated Ariana Grande. Malcolm is his real name. Uh, why can I remember everything about him uh, except his name? I probably know his fucking birthday and his social security rapper, number. Yes. Actor. And he just died. Oh, uh. This is driving me fucking crazy. Uh, just put in Malcolm Ariana Grande. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I hate. This. this is so stupid oh and then google's gonna be oh cool no oh, mac help. miller mac miller <laughs> holy shit shit dog anyway he's got a song called self-care and that's mm. that it's it's such a huge thing right that i think I it, hope, it's sorry. considered somewhat effeminate and it's considered yeah, it's a curly thing like men don't self-care what is that right get in your pickup truck throw your two by fours in the it, back bro. go build a fucking house yep it, that's it's Bury not really
2: that shit
3: it, yeah it's not real Guess who? Guess who did that? The motherfuckers that died at forty-five yes. years old from a heart attack. Yes, you got to take care of yourself and fuck it and be there. And there's there's nothing effeminate about it. If anything, no. it's the strongest shit ever. Absolutely. To look at those people that call it effeminate and be like, bro, I'm trying to live to like ninety-five and be always,
2: stoked the whole way through. I used to always say that about music genres that weren't hard, like heavy music. You know, a, a lot of. Um, one thing I don't like about the rock scene and especially with dudes is that it's very machismo. Yeah. It can oh, be very aggro sure. and Yeah. You know, don't be a fucking pussy, bro, especially in the metal scene. Yeah. And a lot of my, Belt and biceps yeah. and all And not that my friends were always like that. We but we definitely had we had that in us. Like tough is better than vulnerable.
3: Yeah, you know I mean? right,
2: right, right. But I remember thinking it uh, it started to occur to me over time that like Radiohead and Cigarose and you know, explosions in the sky are like Jimmy world, more emotive type of bands. Yeah. Aren't that's, that's still heavy music. Yeah. Heavy. It's emotionally heavy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's still like, there's nothing not tough about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's a different rant, but
3: I I completely agree. Yeah. It's, and also like, what the fuck is heavy there? I've heard Nickelback songs that are heavy.
2: Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah, it's that's just subjective.
3: It's a lot of it is, uh, it's just people not wanting to be real about certain shit. And it's just, it's also easier to feel like you're assimilating by just following the crowd. Yep. Sometimes the crowd is like, dude, men are all Clint Eastwood all the fucking time. And it's just, that's not
2: real. Nope. That's not real at all. Not real at all. I and I've been happier like
3: since I've just been uh, real with myself and been like, hey, yo, this thing caused uh, emotional pain to me or. Yeah. This is a thing that uh, I'm disappointed in myself over. I'm going to try to improve. If people have an issue with that, then yeah. it is what it is, I guess.
2: I'm very open about it. I see a therapist. I have for a couple of years. Yeah, it's same. It's the best thing I ever
3: did for me. I think it's been six years for me. Yeah. I tell people it's all the amazing. time if you're willing to go to 24 hour fitness and fucking and, and lift it's some crazy. heavy shit over and over, go do the same thing, but for your head. Yep. That nine times out of 10, the people I know, it would be, I would rather, no. I would rather they go to therapy no shit. than lift weights oh dude you're a ripped psychopath good job yep like that's no thank you
2: no no i'm gonna i'm
3: gonna go to the i'm gonna go therapy i'm gonna feel good about shit i'm gonna unpack
2: i never regret going
3: no why would you yeah there's no way like i understand there's a stigma with saying that you go for sure but even that after enough time you get over that
2: i mean i used to not talk about it and now i now i'm saying it on air on a podcast i don't give a fuck yeah, I, because I want that stigma to go away. I want people to know that it's totally It's not it's just not it's not just normal. It's fucking rad.
3: Yeah, it's ideal. It's ideal. Absolutely it's, ideal.
2: Yeah. and And going to your doctor and getting meds prescribed to you is not the same as going to a therapist. No, and yeah. People really get that confused.
3: That's another huge thing too. Like, oh, dude, things are hard. Can I get some Xanax? I'm like, huh? Yeah, cool. Take this. Go to sleep. Those Your problems are, are going to be there They're when there you are there for up. a reason. Uh, yeah,
2: you know, I'm not knocking medication if that's the right fit for you, but yeah, do the work first because most of the time you don't need that shit.
3: Dude, I got a couple Xanax from a friend and. Uh, like, I'm I'm so goddamn excited. I feel like I got a oh, Christmas
2: they, tree. They're so nice.
3: And there's just a couple Ugh. gifts waiting for me under the tree. I like, I haven't taken them yet. I'm just like, no, dude, I'll take these when I'm real stressed out.
2: I've taken them a few times, like getting on planes and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Just like, oh, I don't care if I die now. That's I've heard it,
3: and that's all I've heard, and I'm just thrilled with that review.
2: Are you a uh, th- a plane guy? Do you like flying?
3: <sighs> I mean... I don't like flying in that uh, I don't I don't have Wi-Fi I don't it's not it's
2: uncomfortable yeah,
3: yeah it's uncomfortable uh, but you don't technologically. have technologically no I used to I kind of do yeah
2: yeah it's yeah, not, it's not very like calm. very bad but it used to be, like when I was young I loved it I was like this Top Gun kid I loved like jets and like all little kids do. And then over time, just got more neurotic and fucking anxious, and I hated it.
3: Yeah, I used I to. Which was cool because I
2: traveled a lot. So that was yeah, really like I said,
3: that. I used to, and I, I'm fascinated by the dichotomy, too, because it, it's so funny. It's all just an egotistical uh, control thing because if you think about it, driving your car, right? So what are you? You're completely in control. What else are you? That's all it is. Super fucking in danger. All it is. But your hands are on the steering wheel, so you're like, this is what's up.
2: And also, how often do you not drive your car? Almost never, right? Right. I would imagine.
3: How many times do you get in a head-on collision with another plane when you're in a plane?
2: Never. It fucking
3: doesn't happen. How many times do you see another plane? I know. It doesn't happen. And yet we're up in the air, and we're just like, oh, cool, going (laughs) to die any (laughs) second.
2: I know. And I, that's not the case. I remember hearing a pilot, because one of the things that freaks me out is turbulence. That's when I start getting Same. a little squirrely. Yeah, for sure. Because
3: turbulence feels like, oh, shit, that was the pilot just taking a shot. I know. And now it's fucking over.
2: But I, I there's a video of a pilot explaining turbulence on YouTube, and I highly recommend watching it. Because he basically describes it as, he gets mad. He's like, why would you expect there to not be turbulence?
3: Right. Well, because we're not meteorologists. Like, well, I
2: know, but, I mean, he's just, like, it's the equivalent to when you drive and you hit, like, a, a bump in the road. Right. It doesn't freak you out. Yeah. You're not in danger.
3: Once again, though, what are you? You're in control. But you're in
2: control. He's the one flying. And yeah. he's the pilot, and he knows. And, and yeah. we're
3: also, you know, it's fucking, flight hasn't been around for 5,000 years. It, it is it's, weird. It's been, uh, what, less than 100, right? It's
2: the whole Louis C.K. thing, like, how no one cares, and it's this miracle. I know. I fucking you're love that. You're sitting in a seat like thirty-five thousand yeah, feet. In you're the air. in a
3: tube. Just
2: uh, the fu- internet won't work.
3: Yeah, and you're you're traveling in a way that would have killed everybody oh. you knew a yeah. hundred years It'd ago. It taking
2: you two years to get to yeah. the New York. You City. You got
3: dysentery. You lost <laughs> two kids. <laughs>
2: Half the people die? Yeah, we would eat each other.
3: It's so true. I remember reading that uh, Louis oh. C.K. His bit about how somebody complains about the Wi-Fi being down. That bit in the bit he says it was somebody else but yes it came from the fact that that was his thought i love that he felt that way about it and i was like that's brilliant God. i mean that's how you got to do it i it. why him make so yourself much. the fucking he'll be back oh, God. he's gonna be back if you think about it like if you compare him to bill cosby and this is a real sensitive subject but if you compare him to to bill cosby Oh, Come on, we're I, never gonna see. What
2: are we even talking about here?
3: Goopy eye ass Bill Cosby, he's done. Like yeah, he's that's never
2: happening. Fucking rapist piece of shit. He's
3: gonna die with his with his one eye melting out of his brain. Louis C.K. Like, listen, what he did is not dope
2: of course, by any means. Of course. Of
3: course. But uh, it's an abuse of
2: power and all that. We get it. We're it's see him again. I mean,
3: he's already. Right. He's he's been in uh, might have been the Laugh Factory or some fucking place well, in
2: the, LA. I, you know, like I don't know. What do people want? What do they want? They want yeah, him to die. Yeah, that's the big point. Just to yeah, crawl in a hole that is and the die? big point. Does he have What's, to cut off his dick and yeah, then he can continue is, stand up? What is it? And that wouldn't even be enough for some people. No, for sure
3: it wouldn't. Uh, they I just don't know. yeah, there's there's no rhyme or reason. You know, they. I think a lot of people want him to hurt as much as they hurt about what he did, and right. that's also subjective. How do you how do you measure that shit?
2: Well, look, not to take his side because the the women matter more than him. But let's just for the sake of talking, think about what has been affected in his life. Now, he hasn't done the thing he loves for how long now? A year or whatever it's been. I think it's Almost been a, year. a year.
3: Yeah, maybe over.
2: Not that he needs money, but he has lost a ton of opportunity for money.
3: I think the the figure I heard was thirty million. Sounds right. Yeah, and
2: not just the, the touring, but all the production he had going on for movies, yeah. that show he was on. I mean, geez, he was the top of the top of comedians. The, you couldn't get bigger than Louis C.K. at that I do. Time.
3: The thing that, I, that I'm that i most intrigued about. and,
2: and Not to know, but thing no, about his fine. daughters. Think about, yeah, he's got kids,
3: that, man. That's easily the biggest thing.
2: Family, looking people in the face at Thanksgiving like it's a bummer, dude.
3: Luckily, his daughters are at an age Ugh. where he can contain it a little more. A bit. Yeah, you're right. But I, I do wonder, is this going to be a Floyd Mayweather thing where he was at the top, he kind of went away for a bit, and because he was at the top and only went away for maybe a couple years, that that's always been my assessment. It's right. two years that he's going to go. That's why I think about a year in is when you started to hear about him performing a little more. Yeah, it kind of created a, an uproar a little bit. He didn't he didn't talk about the situation, which some people really wanted him to. Uh, I think two years is when you're either going to full on get a special from him. Or you're gonna hear heavy, heavy talks of him recording one, which then in Netflix standards would be like yep. three to four to six months away from like full production, like released and out. Uh, I I really believe that's gonna happen. I I think that more people want him back than don't want him back.
2: I, would, I mean, I don't know anyone that doesn't have the same sentiment about this than we do. Yeah. You I mean I haven't I haven't talked to anyone we know that's been like. I disagree. He doesn't deserve to ever come back. I don't want to see him. He's fucked up too bad to ever. Like I haven't heard it. No,
3: I mean I save those judgments for Harvey Weinstein. Of course, fuck him. And for Bill Cosby, fuck him. Hang him from the see fucking ya. from the highest.
2: Don't uh, get to have anymore.
3: Yeah, I don't give a shit. That yeah, you're the am- done. The victim toll is too high. It's I'm, too high. It's too bad. I back that. Absolutely. But I mean, Louis C.K. He was a perv. The creepy. Here's the thing. I'm a perv. Everyone, I know. He just got caught. (laughs) Like, now did I do the same things that Louis C.K. did? Fuck no. But when I hear, like, you
2: know. People love to judge, though. He
3: used to call me, and uh, he would be jerking off. Don't know how you know that, but he would be jerking off, and then, like Dave Chappelle says, you can't hang up a phone. You can't hang up a phone. And I get that. There's still a level of victimization because you didn't answer the phone knowing that a man would be jerking off on the other end. And it's
2: Louis C.K., and you might be, like, a up-and-coming comedian right yeah
3: and he's a redhead and that's super gross and that's
2: super duper gross uh
3: but you know i I don't know dude i know dude's funny as shit but i'm also i'm not i'm not a female i would my shit be different if uh the the girl he did that to on the phone was my mom i mean it'd be fucking funnier if it was my mom i think but if it was like my my little sister or i don't know you know whatever I i can only judge the situation as it happened maybe it would be different i'm I'm a human being. I'm dynamic. I'm hypocritical. That's just it. it People just
2: love to fucking judge. Yeah. They love. It does feel down good. He's got way
3: more money than me, so I. So fuck him. S- sometimes I'm just like, man, you piece of shit.
2: Yeah. See,
3: yeah. look at that. All that money don't make you better than me, man.
2: Yeah, you're you're human too, guy. That's
3: that's a human <laughs> fetish right there. People love All right. doing that.
2: Let's uh, wrap this thing up with a little movie pick of the week. Now, admittedly, this is a schmaltzy, cheesy. Whatever kind of movie.
3: I do love that I haven't seen this trailer.
2: Oh, okay, good. But I'm
3: interested in this movie.
2: So it's called Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg. And what is her name? Something. Oh, and also, I think our last episode got
3: pulled because we played some trailers. And we're over here like a couple fucking gangsters. Like, yeah, so anyway, going to keep playing trailers.
2: Yeah, we're going to play trailers this time. If we get pulled on YouTube by doing this again, then... Sorry, no more trailers for the audience. We're, right. We might still watch them and you won't hear them. We're going to let YouTube uh, fuck
3: us twice before we're like, all right, we'll change. Yeah, we're
2: not sure what did it. It was either the music that was in the show or it was from the YouTube videos. We're thinking it's from the videos.
3: Yeah. Sounds like it probably We're bummed because we probably lost, like... Sucks. I mean, at least 16 views, which hurts a lot, but... Yep,
2: a couple pennies.
3: Yeah. We're going to try to rebuild.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this... uh it's based on a true story, which I didn't know until the end of the movie, because they make that clear. Uh, a couple in their like mid-30s, my age, maybe a little bit older, decide to go adopt. Um, oh, no, to be foster parents. That's what it is. That's
3: right. Because that's what the director did in real life.
2: Yeah. Oh, is it the director?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, how cool. That's the dude that was on the Rogan podcast with Segura.
2: Oh, okay, cool. I'll go back and listen to it. He did some other big-ass movies, Oh, he too. did like... Um, I can't remember uh, what they were. The Other Guys. Really funny. Oh, okay. G- like, surprisingly but funny. But then some comedy.
3: classic-ass shit, too. I feel like there was at least one movie where I was like, there's no way you did Sean that
2: Sean Anders, I think, is his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Is that right?
3: Yeah. Uh, oh, um, this isn't the classic movie, so don't judge me. But uh, fucking Sex Trip or Road Sex or...
2: Yeah, he's done, like, big studio movies, sexy right? Sexy Road Trip, Daddy's Home 2. Let's see what he's directed. Director seven credits, sex movie or Daddy's something. Daddy's home, Daddy's home two horrible bosses. Sex
3: drive. What's one's that? It's a fucking. I think Tom Green might be in it for a second.
2: It's so like a lot of comedies.
3: Yeah, yeah, a couple kitschy comedies,
2: and yeah. then uh... typically not my kind of movie pick of the week vibe. But um, I, I really liked it, and I think it was very sweet. And yeah. it's very encouraging to to foster kids, and you know, it man, it really points out to like. There's so many kids out there that have such a bummer life, dude. You know, yeah. we always think about like adopting, like you adopted your dog. Yeah, Do- dogs and cats that need our help. Kids are no fucking different, man. People have like crackhead parents, and and think think of being think of the life we had as kids. Our loving yeah. parents and stroking our hands,
3: calling yeah, us rocket th- scientists,
2: making us fucking psychopaths. And these kids
3: just got like dog bowls Nothing. of water. Dog bowls
2: of, of water. Frisbee and one them. <laughs> saltine for Christmas. Yeah. And like, Ugh. it's a bummer, dude. It's a bummer. I like that truck though. It's a dope truck, In isn't, the isn't it? Driveway. Alright, let's watch this. I love what you two are doing with this house, but what are you gonna do with five bedrooms? You guys are obviously never having kids. Tom's a girl. How
3: was that look? I did not do a look.
2: You're doing a look right now. There's no look. Have a good fight, guys.
3: <laughs> There's so many kids in foster care, and they're having an
0: orientation. Allie, people who take in foster kids are really special. The kind of people who volunteer when it's not even a holiday. We don't even volunteer on a holiday. Over a half million children are currently in foster care.
3: Take Nataro, yeah, Nice.
0: Because they can
3: match a There's lot a of kids, kids and parents quickly. Look at the big kids. Everybody's avoiding them. I'm gonna go and say hi. But
0: they're teenagers, okay? They use drugs, and they watch people playing video games on YouTube. We're not equipped for any of that.
1: Hi! Just FYI, we can all hear you. (laughs) Hmm? It's okay. I'll mingle with the
3: kitties and uh, don't give it another thought. Bye-bye. She was cool.
2: Lizzie comes with two younger siblings. Three kids? Too much. Oh, Oh, my God.
1: They're adorable. Why would you show us that? That's wrong. (laughs) Here we are. Make yourself at home because you are at home. Do you like the Clippers? Well, I'm more of a Lakers fan.
3: Oh, no. You hit me because I like the Clippers. I think the Clippers are
0: awesome. They were smart for trading Blake Griffin your best player. <clears throat> that little kid's
2: really funny. There's like this just
0: overly sensitive party party kid. Party okay. Oh, He's that's sick. Cries of the drop, you, make you feel good about
1: yourself. Pretend, mom?
3: We might have a little bit of a knack for this.
1: Oh, I beg to differ.
0: <laughs> this stuff takes time. Lizzie, yeah. to parent wanted to all by herself.
2: This is never going to be easy, but with some structure and love, you could make your house a home. But I'm pissed. You know what I like to do? Really?
0: That looks like so much fun. All right, let me fix it, okay? Thanks, Daddy. I just got my first daddy. What You suck. I want some of that. Hey, honey, can I help you with anything? Nope. Nope. What are you doing to my phone?
1: Look at what this boy texted her. Is this
0: that kid, Jacob? Hey, I saw the picture you sent for Jacob.
3: You're lucky I'll end
1: your life right now, Carrot Top. i <laughs> are gonna call your mom? You're going down today.
3: So what do you think of that, Jacob? My name is not Jacob.
0: What? <laughs> okay, okay,
2: okay. There you go, people. Your That's warming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd watch that. I'd watch movie. that
3: tonight. I might try to That's fucking great, dude. pirate the fuck out of that.
2: You won't feel bad. That's sick. Your heart will be. I know is, uh, R- right now. I the feel like heart. a piece
3: of shit. Like I haven't done enough.
2: Oh, I've done nothing. That to just help inspired anyone.
3: me to, to adopt. But I have no business. I feel doing like that.
2: you're just a selfish piece of shit. Yeah. It's just all about me.
3: I don't spend enough time with my fucking dog. I know. Imagine if I had a kid just in the basement right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> where my pit bull is. You forgot to mention
2: that. Like, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Did I have, to- I have a kid? Yeah, I keep. I keep him down there He's for like two. 11 hours a day. That might not be good.
2: Yeah. I should probably get home and feed him. Jesus. Man, He gets a little cranky.
3: That's why I had to be here at 430 because I went and I, yeah. I fed her and stuff. But the well, foster kid, I just said, fuck you.
2: I think we did it, Alan. Yeah, dude. We did another one. It happened.
3: We did it. This one was long as fuck.
2: Yeah, it might Or it the...
3: just felt that way. I don't know.
2: Well, it's over two hours. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's irresponsible. It's okay. <laughs> It was a good one. Finn is the man and thank you again to Finn McKen- Kenty. I gotta keep McKenty. Got to keep on saying McKentry.
3: Yeah, McKenty no, phonetically that just feels more comfortable but
2: Oh, I forgot to tell him or ask him about his Irishness cuz that is a clearly Irish name.
3: I mean, I knew out of the open 10 minutes I was like we could have this guy on multiple times Boy. and I oh, hope we yeah. have him in studio. We'll clean this this bitch up and then yeah, we'll bring him in because he's yeah. We we all like the three of us have too much in common. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous. simply too much.
2: Yeah, we we we're a couple Chatty Cathys too, so we'll we'll have a good time with him again for sure. So you can find Finn at at Finn McKenty, F I N N M C K E N T Y, and then also the Punk Rock MBA on YouTube. Really dope channel. Highly recommend it. Right?
3: 100%. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to probably Sorry. go home tonight and watch more. I didn't oh, research too. as much as I wanted to.
2: Yeah, dude. It's a, there's a ton of stuff on there. It's a, it's a good rabbit hole to go down. Uh, Where can they find you, Alan?
3: At It Came From The Sky.
2: Fantastic. And if you
3: can't spell that, then I don't want you checking me out. It's your goddamn fault if you can't spell that. Yeah, you're in the second grade. in the second grade. You your mom didn't you stroke your that, hands that, that, that. enough and say, you're a
2: good speller. You can find me at James Ian Macmillan or at stateside MGMT. And thanks again to Finn uh, for being on the show once again. And we will see you guys next week. Later. Bye.